Hello and welcome Xbox Nation to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Boomstick XL. And my God, do we have a lot to cover. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I said it on Twitter, but I have to say it because I have a little bit of a voice in this community. I want to thank Dealer Gaming. I want to thank Cognito, Lord Cognito, of course, from the Iron Lords for giving this old dog some new advice. Uh, as you know, if you are someone that has been following me for a while, uh, I the request for weekly videos has been an abundance in the mailbox and you know with running now four shows i never thought i had the time but you know what i am going to make the time uh, as you can see uh this particular week alone i have two brand new videos thanks to archimedes with the suggestion of the software that i'm using i believe that after a couple of releases, I will have uh, videos as qualified and and packed with quality as you would see from Randall Thor, from Dealer Gaming, and of course Colt Eastwood and Boxer Bear. That is my goal. Uh, a lot of the co topics are going to be original thought pieces, uh, but of course I will be covering big news as well. But let's get into the introductions because we have one hell of a show and we have it packed to the gill with topics. So first off. The bravest man, the man waiting in line for the medium from Bloober Team, who is going to play at night, particularly at midnight, with headphones in the dark. Please welcome the brave man known as Zemi Games. Everyone's like, where's the medium? I thought it was supposed to be out already. I I, I don't know where it's at. I, I didn't even know. I haven't even looked for it. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to look for it, by the way. Um, <laughs> I hate I, Oh, God. No, I'm scared. <laughs> Um, but no, man, super excited to be here. I, every single time I see that intro uh, rolling and, and like like the rock music playing, oh man, it gets me pumped. And uh, and just overall, the quality is really going up. Look, we're in different positions here, and you got the video playing. It's it looks all fancy. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, listen, that's thanks to Mrs. Boom with the uh, with the new pewter, and of course, yep. you know, uh, spending some money uh, on the on the production quality of the shows. Thank you for noticing, and thank you for being here as always, dude. Yep. No, sure. Well, listen, next up, you know him as one of the most incredible up-and-coming and talented members of PlayStation Nation representing the trophy room in the best way possible. Please welcome Mr. Bad Bits. I really thought you were going to intro Archimedes until you said PlayStation. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, like, I, so I, think you're, I think you're ultra-talented. I, I think he, that he is up-and-coming. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, well, listen, you do a lot for the show. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, you know, with the announcement last week that Greg Miller, the mm -hmm. Greg Miller of Kind of Funny Games, who I am a big fan of, and hope that at one time or another, because, you know, they're doing some different things there. They're, mm -hmm. all, they're now having guests of the community for podcasters who are small but are yet up and coming. I'm waiting for that inbox uh, notification from somebody at Kind of Funny Games to say, hey, boom, listen, we like, we like what you're doing. Yeah. Would you like to be a guest with Blessing and potentially one of the other amazing people of uh, Kind of Funny Games? And you know what I would say? 
as sure. long as you bring me, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the room is air conditioned to sixty one point two degrees, and I have a cold water, I'll come on the show if I have sixty one degrees. Yeah, I like it cold. I like. I it mean, sixty eight is like is great. I mean, like low sixties, like you could wear a little jacket, but sixty one. All right, okay. I would like to brag. We have blessing on the show. I started his career. Blessing's <laughs> a good dude. I I I like everybody over there, dude. I really like what they're doing. Yeah. I've, I've been a fan of them for, for many, many years, and I just like what the, the amount of content that comes out of Kind of Funny. If, if it, Listen, they don't pay me to say their name. You know what I'm saying? They don't even know who the hell I am, and that's fine. They give you five bucks. Yeah. But I, 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 as a fan, as, a, as someone that produces the content who also listens to other people's content, I, I enjoy. But listen, dude, yeah. congratulations on the rebrand. Congratulations on the success for the Trophy Room. It is a... Uh, you know, uh, uh, one of my personal favorite Sony shows, and, and it's one that represents the brand in a proper manner. Yeah, the only people that we want to kind of crap on is just our friend Luke because he sucks, and our friend Sean because he also sucks. So, like, that's <laughs> well, the I only gotta defend here, Luke, because Luke put out a video, and in this video, he spoke the truth, and that is that pineapple does not belong on pizza. Shout I out saw that. Luke. That was hilarious. <laughs> Blasphemy. That was it. Put hilarious. what you want on your pizza. Blasphemy. Yeah. Uh, what's it like the uh, a blind squirrel can find a nut or something like that expression? Luke's a fraud, but we could agree on some things. Pineapple doesn't belong on pizza, uh, and also hashtag Team Kong. I'm out here fighting for my man. My, my I have to. I have. Man. I'll join you on that. I'm a big Godzilla fan, but I also have to respect Kong. And back in the days when I first saw it in black and white, because I'm that old. I mean, I, I, I rooted for Kong then, and I'm going to root for Kong now. Skull Island is just a better movie, and so I'm just going with what was the better film? Or uh, film. Well, if you compare Godzilla 1 to yeah. Kong, uh, Skull yeah. Island, I, I, I would have to say Skull Island has it. Uh, Dead to rights. Yeah, dead to rights. Dead to rights. Oh. So anyway, I uh, host the PlayStation podcast. I'm talking about Xbox today. I'm ready to roll, man. Let's go. Yeah, we have we have a lot of topics to get into, and of course, next, and I'm going to say this again: one of the most impressively uh, upcoming podcasters who I think has really uh, dominated the scene in recent months. Uh, someone that again produces videos, and I'll say it as good as Cold Eastwood, as good as Dealer Gaming, and of course, Randall Thor, all friends of this channel. Archimedes, welcome to the program there, dude. Thank you so much for that compliment. Dude, happy gaming. Uh, I had an amazing gaming week. Yesterday, my PlayStation 5 finally arrived after a two months wait. Um, so I took the day off today. I spent the whole day in my PJs and played PlayStation. <laughs> I'm still, yes. still yeah, I'm still in my PJs. Uh, now I'm talking gaming with my brothers from the other side of the uh, world, and it's just so great. My YouTube channel had hit 3,000 subs yesterday. Ah, dude, that's awesome. Also a fantastic milestone. So I'm in a very good mood. And even though I played a ton of PlayStation today, I'm excited to, to talk Xbox. So let's do this. Well, yeah, it's great to have you a part of the show, and congratulations. That's a milestone, and uh, every time you, uh, you, you, know, you, you get 1,000 uh, you know, uh, subscribers, uh, a gaming angel gets their wing. So let's continue on that run to get as many thousands added to your, uh, you know, to your channel as possible. And last, and in no way least, one of the most literal 
and well-spoken individuals on this show, quite frankly, maybe even in the community. Please welcome VJ. What's up, dude? Um, had a bit of a late night boom, so my brain's uh, still booting up and I'm freezing. I think that even with a late night and a half-booted <laughs> brain, you're probably smarter than all of us. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> no. you, you see, you, you need different perspectives, right, to arrive at a deliberated and perhaps an individual and personal truth, and that's why podcasting is so fantastic. So, But anyway, I'll leave it there and um, we can we can crack on. Well, you know what? Let, let, let's get into the, one of the first topics, and I and I think that this is a one. This is a this is a smaller topic, but it means something to me personally. May not mean much to you. Um, listen, when you have been gaming as long as I have, uh, you get uh, an affection for older games. And I'm not talking about, you know, 8-bit and 16-bit side scrollers. I mean, I think that we get a lot of those even today, and they're great. But one of the things that we don't get enough of, at least in my personal opinion, is, of course, platformers, 3D platformers, you know, in the line, of course, of Mario 64, or, of course, Banjo and Kazooie. And, you know, Playtonic, uh, makers of ukulele, uh, this, is, this is a company comprised of in almost entirely of ex rare employees they put this 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 love letter of a studio together and they are in the process of rebranding what's interesting about this rebrand is that they made the announcement of it and when they made the announcement they talked about big news coming soon now, obviously, I have been banging on multiple drums over the course of my podcasting career, which is only a little over three years, that the world is ready for a new Banjo-Kazooie. And I think that the best way you can see how that is uh, 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 relevant to this particular conversation is last year, when Banjo and Kazooie were announced for Smash Brothers uh, Ultimate, which set the world on fire. Now, again, folks, listen, I'm just, just saying about, just talking about it gives me goosebumps because I'm such a big fan of the series. And I've watched, uh, uh, I want to say maybe at least 20, 30 of those reaction videos where back then, before COVID just destroyed the world, you know, you th there were rooms packed with 30, 40 people watching these Nintendo streams and the uproar of excitement, people crying, people yelling and screaming and jumping and giving high fives. That, my friends, is what gaming is all about. And I think that when you see that excitement coming from a Nintendo crowd, I could only imagine that if you are a, uh, a diehard Xbox fan like myself, uh, with, of course, you know, one of the things that Phil Spencer pushes is diversity. I love him for it, and I love Xbox even more because they, 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 make, they make it that if you are a gamer that likes one particular genre, you're going to play that genre. But because of Xbox Game Pass, there might be something else that you try out and you're like, wow, I really dig this, but I didn't know I did. And that's because of diversity. Now, granted, you know, take it or leave it, 
the world needs a new banjo kazooie, and I think that if you look at the of uh, the plethora of of games available currently in Xbox Game Pass, you know, a nice solid first party platformer would fit nicely between a Hellblade and a Halo Infinite or a Perfect Dark and a Fable. I think that the, the, they those worlds can exist all together, giving players a multitude of of avenues to play different types of genres. Now, Platonic is kept it very vague, right? It's a very vague post. They said big news is coming. They're in the process of rebranding and the rest is a secret. Now, I, I, I'll go. I'll go first to Zemi Games. Zemi, listen. I, I know that yep. I'm one of the few people pushing for this new Banjo Kazooie, mm-hmm. but I think that if you are you are Microsoft and you are looking to purchase smaller developers, Playtonic is perfect because you don't have to pull Rare off of whatever they're doing because they're working on two projects besides Sea of Thieves, right? We know that we know one of them which is going to be a Breath of the Wild-esque type of title, but they are working on another secret project, which I, of course, immediately equated equated to it being Banjo. They don't want to do Banjo. They want to do their own thing. Fine. I hear you. But Platonic and the way that they did ukulele is a perfect example of what needs to be done and what could be achieved if they had the funding. Because if you don't, if, if everyone is unaware Ukulele was a Kickstarter project that I was a part of. I was in like a mid-tier. I should have did the full tier. I, I really should have, but I did the mid-tier. And I loved what I got for my money. Sure. Can. I mean, does does this sound like they may be on to, you know, getting ready to say, or Microsoft might be ready to say, we've added small studios X, Y, and Z, and could Platonic be one of those? I mean, it could, right? I mean, if anything, you know, these last, you know, couple of years for Xbox has really shown us that, you know, Xbox could, you know, come out and say almost anything tomorrow, right? And, and so, I, I mean, it, it, it very well could happen. And, you know, speaking on variety, I think adding in, you know, a Banjo-Kazooie title is, is really something that's somewhat kind of missing and, and, and it just isn't really there in the Xbox, you know, first party catalog is, you know, a really, you know, um, like, you know, like a cartoony platformer that's really directed towards children. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Like there are some things that, you know, you could kind of say, you know, are available, but, but not, not, you know, not really to like the level of, you know, first person shooters and, and, you know, and other genres. So I, I would really like to see a, um, you know, a, a game of that caliber, you know, being put on the Xbox platform. But I don't really think that there's enough reason to to say that, you know, it's definitely going to happen or, or the likelihood of it happening or anything like that. Um, because, you know, what they said was very, 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 um, 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 uh, what, what was the word I'm looking for? Uh, like bland? Bland, maybe. Like, it, not very detailed. It wasn't very detailed, right? Um, and, and really all they said was that, you know, they have something big to announce and that they're currently rebranding. And, you know, what this rebranding, you know, could indicate is is maybe they're looking just to reshape their company um, to, uh, to, to allow better for, you know, a different creative direction. You know, maybe they're trying to make games that appeal to a different audience. Maybe they're not interested in creating 
uh, a ukulele two or I'm sorry, a ukulele three or whatever, you know, their next title would be. Then again, I, I'm not really that familiar with Platonic. I, I don't really follow the company, so I don't really know. Um, I, I think anything could happen. I think that, you know, it would be really beneficial to have another, uh, uh, you know, Bandicoot game. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, another game on there of of that type. You know, for for younger children. You know, adding in variety into a service like Game Pass is 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 critical. Um, but I don't think that there's enough reason to say that you know Platonic is going to be the next one that Xbox acquires. You know, and I and I hear you. I absolutely hear what you're saying, and it makes sense. Again, this this is a, again small topic to start us out as we wait for the people to kind of shuffle in. Uh, and again, may, maybe you're booing me. Maybe you're like, man, boom! I expected better. Trust me. I'm the booing, other topics. Me. That's are... what I'm doing. I'm booing right now. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: um, when you look at what Microsoft is attempting to do. It, they're, they're trying to appeal from a gamer from six years old to 65 years old, right? And that, that, that's the beauty of Game Pass. It is allowing uh, a multitude of age ranges and genre types in one nice, neat package with the ability to play wherever you pretty much want to play, whether that's on a cell phone, on a tablet, on a pewter, potentially on your TV this year, on your computer, on your PC, you know, with, you know, master rig, you know, or, or of course, either of the Xboxes. And I think that having a, a title like this uh, would benefit them. I'm going to go crazy here, Joe, because I want to go to you yeah. next on, you see, there had to be something. Now, we know that Microsoft, more specifically Phil Spencer, has an incredible relationship with Nintendo. Him and mm -hmm. Bowser, from what we understand, are very good friends. Uh, we know that uh, they obviously allowed Banjo-Kazooie to be in Smash Brothers. Uh, I think that there's a little more to the story than what we're just seeing, but it would be pretty dope. If Platonic did, in fact, become a first-party studio, they did, mm -hmm. in fact, make a brand-new Banjo-Kazooie. But here is where my mind goes crazy. And, I, and again, I may get booed for this, but I, I think that if you're going to put a first-party game anywhere, I would love to see it go to Nintendo. And I think that to have this game published by Nintendo on their console, along with, of course, the Xbox version being for the Series X, where the fur looks, you know, 100% real, you can touch it, and whatever. It is a double win because not only could you potentially bring some of those Nintendo fans over or back over to Xbox, but you could do, a, 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 again, having an IP that iconic on multiple, multiple systems that's not Sony says something and of course, you know, obviously opens the door for more potential customers to come over to Xbox and dual console, uh, you know, have a dual console home. Well, what are your thoughts? First of all, what are your thoughts on Platonic and their vagueness? Are they being acquired? And more importantly, would it would it benefit Microsoft to have Banjo-Kazooie not only on Xbox Game Pass for the Xbox players, but to have Nintendo publish a version of it for the Switch? It's it's a good question because I'd love to say yes, obviously. Um, but then, like, Platonic, there's multiple factors. So, like, sure, this is, is a, again, this is a very vague conversation that we're yeah. having. So, like, where's Platonic 
as a company at the moment because like they left Microsoft because back in the day, mid 2000s, they did not want that deal between them and, and Nintendo. They were pretty much a switch company at that point. They want to make you no know, switch games. They want to make a banjo game. So um, with, you know, ukulele coming out and it doing all right. And, um, and uh, the second one or, or like the spiritual two uh, doing all right. Uh, they might be looking at some funding or, potential partnership or even deal with Microsoft again because it's a new management, because it's a different company as it once was. And if you can make the IP that you really want to make, because ukulele really does want to be Banjo, um, and you can finally be that Banjo company, go for it. Do it. That That's amazing. And I think you're right, too. You know, depending on where that artwork for Banjo, who made it, who designed it, um, to me, I feel like it only makes sense that Banjo ends up on a t- Nintendo console because that's where it first was. And yeah. I don't think that dissuades people from buying Xbox because I think if you're part of the Xbox ecosystem, you have that diverse lineup, you have that diverse portfolio, and that's what you kind of want, right? And if you're a Nintendo fan, yeah, you get your Banjo. And if you're Microsoft, you get money. <laughs> and I think that's what they want most of. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely want Banjo on console i want banjo again i feel like if they did nothing with what nintendo did with banjo with with smash like that model they do nothing with that model man i i we humanity then definitely peaked at that reveal (laughs) i would i would definitely love to see i and i hope that's the case because again like i want I want Xbox to buy smaller studios, infuse them with cash, and then they can make, you know, those indie games that they had in their head with a double A or with a triple A budget. So, like, yeah, I, I'm all in favor for this. Yeah, and I agree. I, I, again, again, we're, we're just speculating here. You know, we're just out here. You know, you know, just kind of pondering the idea. Um, Archimedes, let's get your opinion on the conversation. You know, look again. This is this is completely conjecture for sure. Um, you know, it's my fanboyness, if you will, reaching for something that may or may not be there. But I still think that Phil Spencer and the team over at Redmond have had to hear, hear the uh, cries of the people looking for a new banjo. I, I don't think that it, it would somehow be a detriment to the platform having, uh, you know, an iconic, uh, you know, pair of characters make their return i think it would only benefit game pass i think it would only potentially enhance people to want to uh, get the service if they like platformers or potentially just buy outright buy the game what are your thoughts on on platonic actually becoming uh, a first party studio and would you like to see banjo and kazooie come back Okay, uh, first let me <laughs> ask you, how many times did we speculate on this particular show oh, about which times, studios yeah. could be acquired? And why did nobody ever bring them up? Because actually, when that news came up and, and that uh, rumor started circling around, I thought they'd be a perfect match because they check basically all the boxes that, that we have heard and seen from Microsoft when they are looking into acquisitions. They Microsoft always looks to bring diversity into game pass and we are getting now a lot of those games that we ask for the mature adult themed ones like hellblade and 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 so on about those are mature games we are getting them big triple a games we're getting rpgs we're getting real-time strategy games we're getting um shooters we are getting 
a lot of, of, of genres. Um, what they are missing at the moment, and I know uh, Psychonauts 2 is, is probably the, the one that fills that void, is the kids-friendly um, yeah. um, games. And having a Banjo and Kazooie on that banner when, when they show Game Pass is something that really is, is, um, would, would be super beneficial for them. Because if a parent looks at, at the Game Pass uh, advertisement and they see in that banner the Mass Chief and, and Marcus Phoenix and, I don't know, Joanna Dark and, and Senua, yeah, he thinks, okay, what 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 do, do I get my ten year old kid or something? Yeah, and um, having then a a figure like Banjo in there that he probably remembers himself playing that game on on the Nintendo twenty years ago, um, would be just um the, the perfect yeah uh perfect f um uh, filler for the gap that they have at the moment, and this is the kids friendly games, um. And besides that, the other checkbox that um, Playtronic is 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 hitting here is Microsoft. We're taking the Bethesda deal out. Are usually not the ones that acquire the big AAA studios. Yeah, yes, they, that's they correct. Yeah. Looking for the studios where the talent is, um, but at but the, the studios that like the funding. And that's exactly what Playtronic is. The talent is there. They have, like Joe said, yeah, they want, you can really feel how they want to make a venture game. But since they don't own the IP, they made Yoka Lele, not to take away from the game. But it obviously, like in, um, in, in, in funding, yeah, you said it, it was kickstarted. Um, you backed it, but Trust me, Microsoft is the better backer. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They're much, they're much, I think they have a little bit more money than I do. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that is, and that's the thing. Um, so they are hitting basically, they have the talent. They want to make an, a game that my, where Microsoft owns the IP, and they are not that probably not the most expensive on the market, but with a little bit more funding and a little bit more resources, they could do something great because they have the talent. So yeah, seeing it from that side, um, it would only make sense. Yeah, I mean, listen, again, it, this is this is a very speculative type of conversation uh, on based on a very vague uh, post by, of course, uh, play uh, Platonic. But again, it, it, a great way to open up the show as we have 250 people already here. Uh, let's get VJ's opinion. VJ, listen, you know, again, you, you're you're great in a way that because you, you've seen um, game development, you've also seen the retail version of gaming. So you've seen both sides of the coin. When you talk about an IP, uh, we've seen now, again, one of my biggest complaints with Microsoft is that uh, they have not um, tapped, if you will, their very long lineage of incredible IPs. And we're starting to see that, right? We, obviously, we have Fable coming, and we also have a Perfect Dark coming. But I think it's now is the right time to get Banjo-Kazooie into the conversation, and then they could work on some of the older uh, older ones. You know, I'd love to see a, a Mecha Soul come back. I'd love to see a Crimson Skies come back. I would even like to see, and this is really crazy. I, again, this is a, a topic for another time, but I would love to see them bring um, Project Gotham back as the third racer 
in a rotation of a new racer every, you know, five or six years for that brand. They, you, you know, you get your Forza Horizon, you get your Motorsport, and you get your Project Gotham. And I think that uh, starting with Banjo-Kazooie would be a good way to do it. Does that IP de- deserve to live in 2021 and beyond? Um. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of holding on to something that um, Zemi uh, alluded to in his um, opening comments. I, I guess, I mean, you've named some fantastic games there. I, I don't mean to sort of diminish what you've said there, Boom. I, I completely understand the sentiment and where you're coming from, and I, th- and I think everybody in the chat and uh, in the generally in the community, if they were listening in uh, and on the panel, you know, agree with you. I guess the question is. Will it surprise any of us if Xbox is sweeping up small but talent-laden, as um, as our friend uh, uh, Archimedes pointed out, right, providing just that little bit more impetus, right, to get the best out of a, pot- a potential studio? Um, and, and as I said, you know, is it going to be a surprise, right, if, if Xbox uh, are, are picking up talent-laden independent developers or even enter into sort of multi-game uh, second-party deals? Because obviously Mr. Badbit has, has pointed out quite clearly, look, the, these guys left because they didn't want to be a part of Nintendo or Xbox, etc. But I think second-party deals exist to allow for that, right, to have a relationship which is at arm's length but it's pretty, still pretty cozy and, and pretty exclusive. So, so those sort of deals can exist. So I, I think that in that way, um, the developer receives the support that they need as per Archimedes, and they retain their independence as per Mr. Badbit. So a second party deal is, is, is probably, you know, maybe on the card. I, I don't know, but that, that's the way I would go about it. And at the same time, um, what it does, it's, it's a studio in England, and uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, and um, it feeds content uh, and it provides and sorry and feeds content to Game Pass on a consistent and, and uh, basis. And and when you're talking about Banjo Kazooie, is <laughs> one of my all-time favorite games from uh, from a specific era, of course, because there's so many good games out there. It's uh, it's playful content. Uh, for Game Pass, and, and, and I apologise, somebody mentioned, I think it was Archimedes, in terms of when parents are looking at, uh, at Game Pass, um, whether they've experienced it on their mobile or they've heard about it from somebody, and uh, so and so forth, that there are products in there or games in there or content in there that's suitable for, for a specific age group. At the same time, um, you know, just thinking about Banjo-Kazooie as a, as, as a topic and so on and so forth, I, I, I mean... I just couldn't believe that this game, out of the blue, should I say, for me personally, impressed impress me and it, and it sort of imaginatively engaged me so much and I just couldn't believe what I was playing. And um, and in some instances, it surpassed uh, Mario 64, which was only released you know, a couple of years prior in 96, if, if memory serves me correctly. But purely inwardly looking and speculatively here, boom, uh, on my part, I, I think you have to put that down partly to Nintendo producing the title. And I did do a quick search. And what I will say, um, the appointment of producers uh, of a producer's role is critical in creating, but especially when reinventing an IP or, or, or any game for that matter. And we discussed this at length when we were talking about Fable, uh, when the trailer came out and what, we're, what our expectations were. As far as I can tell, the two brothers, Greg and Steve Males, I, I believe it is, um, I assume they're related. <laughs> just have the same. Yeah, yeah they, they are brothers. <laughs> yeah. um, isn't it incredible how many you know top games in the industry always come from brothers? It, it, it's just incredible. Um, and and I think they were originally the creative directors on Banjo Kazooie. Greg remains at rare uh, mm-hmm. 
Steve D, and Steve is is one of or is the lead artist at, at Playtronics. My hope would be the reincarnation of the game is handled with more care, more Gears 5 and Hive Busters, and less battle toads in terms of due care, attention, and investment. But again, this is just selfishly speaking. No, no, no. You, you are onto something with that comment. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. definitely onto something. Yeah. As you, and as you eloquently put it, boom, diversity, uh, genre types, reaching a broad, broad spectrum of consumers via game passes is paramount. An intermixture of content is, in general, I would say, uh, and we discussed this last week, is, is absolutely paramount, if not a, a regal or quintessential requirement in order to broaden and evolve one's imagination, horizon, and outlook. I, I point to Project Mara, case in point, a topic we covered extensively last week. And if you haven't listened to it, I, I would go back and listen to it. I did, and, and I thought some of the, the thoughts and concepts and ideas that were fantastic. And if I were to have a say, uh, then that's the scope, epitome of gaming and future of Game Pass in terms of how much diversity in content that and and new genres and creativity uh from because let's be honest right creativity is coming for eking out from all over the place whether it's one guy <clears throat> or a sprawling team and again something we covered last week but um and overall boom you know whether it comes now or later it doesn't come looking at the number of titles that are coming uh, for, for the Xbox, or sorry, I should say for Game Pass, uh, one cannot with good conscience complain, but Banjo-Kazooie would be uh, a nice to have and uh, I think more than welcome um, for, for many, many gamers. Yeah, and I agree. I, I actually, I 100% agree with you. Again, having, you know, one could say they have too many titles. I don't have enough time in the day to play them all. But again, if you want to get new players if you're looking to bring new customers to the brand if you're looking to potentially grab some of that nintendo money that's uh we know is in abundance over on the switch uh you do that in two ways uh you release banjo kazooie on xbox game pass uh and uh me i would co-sign releasing it on the switch i know a lot of people in the chat are like wow boom what are you talking about keep exclusives exclusive but yeah, this is not like releasing something onto PlayStation, which is their biggest competitor right now in, in the game space. Nintendo's doing their own thing, and <laughs> quite frankly, they are making money hand over fist. Um, they, they have um, a remaster, if you will, of Mario 3D World coming out. And do you want to know something? It is one of my favorite games. I got every star in that game when it was on the yeah. Wii U, and I will get every star again because yeah. I absolutely love that game. And it's a remaster, folks. It's just a port. So uh, if they can get a new Banjo-Kazooie on the, on the Nintendo Switch, potentially getting some of those gamers to come over to Xbox because of it, I think it's a win-win-win for everyone. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But, folks, I want to move on to the next topic. Mm-hmm. And we have to talk about Xbox Game Pass. Uh, uh, 18 million. Now, I know that uh, I got a lot of DMs from people. Well, boom, your you're, uh, you know, um, secret source told you 20 million. What happened? Well, here's the thing. Uh, they're reporting 18 million. I still think that they're past it. That's just my personal opinion. And, and hearing from my source again about it, they have reconfirmed that they're past 20 million, but you don't have to believe me. Again, even if I'm wrong, well, you know, last time I checked, I don't have electronics and I am human, so I can get it wrong. But 18 million subscribers to Xbox Game Pass, this was announced on Tuesday's 
uh, big, uh, you know, uh, Xbox news regarding uh, a lot of the financials to come out of the second quarter, which ended on December 31st of 2020. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, you maybe you're new to the program. I did a video yesterday regarding it. Uh, it was actually very well produced, if I do say so myself. And I got a lot of really cool comments. I uh, did get some knuckleheads to tell me that I was wrong about the 20 million, but everyone's entitled to their opinion. What are you going to do? But here's here's what's interesting, folks, and why I think that eventually uh, both Nintendo and Sony are going to have to take notice. Uh, first of all, uh, as I said in the video, good friend of the show, Brad Sams, uh, had put on his Twitter account. He actually posted quite quite a bit on there. The one particular one that jumped off the page for me was since May of 2020, um, Microsoft has been averaging one plus million subscribers per month for Xbox Game Pass. When you directly compare this to Sony's PlayStation Now, which launched three years, folks, three full years before Xbox Game Pass, and they are currently sitting at about 2.5 uh, million subscribers. And Microsoft, if you didn't know, launched uh, uh, Xbox Game Pass June 1st of 2017. So in a matter of three and a half, give or take years, they have amassed 18 plus million subscribers. And again, what's even more interesting is that they grew 3 million new subs from the last report, which was 15 million in September. So now the question that I have for the panel is when will they hit 25 million in 2021 or will they? Uh, let's go to Zemi first on the Zemi. This is the service that is the best bang for your buck. This is the service that keeps giving like Christmas every other day. Uh, here's a perfect example. We got the medium today. Uh, medium is getting really good reviews. It's got some really crummy ones from some sites that I've never heard of that I think were just being malicious. But, you know, surprisingly, um, uh, GameSpot 9.0, uh, IGN 8.0. I mean, like I almost fell over my chair. But for the most part, when you read the reviews, and I've read about 20 of them, even some of the bad ones, most people take away that this is a real spiritual success to Silent Hill 2, more specifically. Um, but wow, 18 million now, right? That That's reported since December 31st. We're almost out of this month going into February. What are the chances that Microsoft uh, and, and hits the 25 million mark by the end of 2021? I think it's uh, I think it's relatively good. Um, and, and, and the reason I say that is because, I mean, ha as it is right now, gaming is at like an all time high. Right. With uh, with, you know, the current world, you know, climate, people staying at home um, and, and, and being entertained at home more often. Right. You know, that's why we saw. <clears throat> that, that that's that's why we saw a lot of PlayStation 4s and 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 even Xboxes kind of selling out uh, before the new consoles even launched, and that's why uh, demand is really really high, uh, you know, for these new consoles. I mean, also you know the 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 uh, scalpers, of course, as well. But uh, you know, so so I think this year um, definitely there's a very very strong chance that we will see 25 million subscribers 
Um, you know, you also have to take into consideration that it's not just, I guess, subscribers maybe on Xbox. You know, there's also xCloud. There's also PC. Um, and, and, and so whenever you throw those in and then also, you know, um, think about all of the new game announcements and how that's going to drive people to subscribing to Game Pass to ensure that, you know, they're they're on the service and that they can play the games that are currently on there, but also the games that are going to be coming, you know, throughout this year. I, I think that there's a very good reason to think that we, you know, could see Xbox um, gaining or hitting that 25 million subscribers. Um, I, I think it's very, very possible. I, I think that Xbox would in some ways have to have to make a major screw up to not be able to hit that just with how uh gaming is at you know that all-time high uh holiday season you know coming uh coming later on on the back end of this year so long as they maintain and and are able to meet the the demand with uh supply of new consoles i i don't see why they shouldn't be able to hit that number really honestly you know what and i agree i think that if just just based on the math folks like i said we we have to go with the just logistics here uh i'm a numbers dude um, I always have been. I think numbers uh, can be uh, changed to benefit someone's opinion, but I, they really don't lie. And I mean, uh, what I mean by that is if Brad Sams is uh, confirming that uh, since May of 2020, they have been averaging one million per month. Uh, with uh, as we get closer to the end of the year, and of course, folks, we just started. Um, we're going to get some bigger games that are going to, you know, get people to either uh, subscribe or potentially come back. And just by the numbers alone, if they hit a million uh, in January, if they hit a million in February and so on and so forth, they're going to potentially hit that 25 million right after E3. Uh, depending on, again, if they have m maybe one month they hit $2 million because X amount of games was in there and it just got everyone excited. I, I don't know. Um, but I do know that it is worthy of a conversation. Um, and uh, I, listen, uh, Joe, let, let's bring you into the conversation, but let me just catch up on some, uh, three of the Super Chats that came in. First of all, the first one of the day comes from my podcasting brother known as Tempest Sun, and he drops an outstanding $5 super chat and says, uh, hashtag Team Godzilla, long live the king. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I like Godzilla. In fact, I love Godzilla, but it's the I, better I, monster. Tempest, I Tempest, I agree with you, buddy. It's just Godzilla's not the better, better. movie. I, I agree. I'm going Godzilla. with cinema, you know? Yeah, well, well, Godzilla's well, well, dope. He breathes the lasers out of his out of his out of his mouth. I, I'm not arguing that, but I'm talking film, cinema. Mm -mm, Skull Island. Team yeah, Island. I agree. Nightwolf3186, another generous friend of the show. He drops. And I'm standing five hours of chat and says, heading to work or heading into work now. Have a great show, guys. I know this episode is going to be fire. Just promise me, boom, you'll visit Speculation Town. Uh, <laughs> uh, Knights of the Old Republic 3. Yeah, we're, we're going to be heading over to uh, Speculation Town very soon, as a matter of fact. Uh, but let's... Um, the last one comes from another generous friend of the show. Viper XT drops an outstanding... $5 Super Chat says, if Microsoft picked up Platonic, they would be a great studio to tackle a new Cameo game as well. Cameo was dope, man. If, I, that is a game that launched with the Xbox 360 and was so freaking good. I don't even know what to say. It was so good. Um, uh, I, I, listen, folks, if you notice the gameplay, for some reason it's running a little slow. And that's not because of the computer. I, I, I put it in the highest... 
I recorded it on the highest frame uh, possible, and I think somehow it's slowing it down because of it. Because Honestly, of how- I love it though, because the assassinations are like so. Yeah, I mean, watch. I, I think I pushed. This, I, I think I pushed this guy over the edge right now. He, he's he's being he's being a, a bit of a penis. So I think when he yeah. turns his back, watch. I think I go out and come back. Yeah, and I love this so much. I throw him over. You the recorded edge. that off the Xbox, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that is uh, it. It has nothing to do with that at all. They have a bug in their um, in their capture files. Um, whenever oh. you uh, ha- have a game set on HDR and record it and put it in uh-huh. any renderer, um, what you do basically right now, uh, it slows down. It uh, it really sucks. I've tweeted to Jason Ronald. He's aware. He promised to f- uh, fix will come, but we don't know when. Okay. All right. Well, here, watch, watch as this is the funny thing. Cause he was rude. He was very rude to me. He said some things. So I, I come back with revenge and there you go over the side. <laughs> goodbye. And I'm going to keep on with my business, but yeah. Joe, listen, here's the thing. Eight, 18 come. million of anything, whether that mean dollars, pennies, or even Xbox games cast subscribers is nothing to sneeze at. And again, when you directly compare the two services, which are similar but different, yeah. Microsoft has seen leaps and bounds. I don't think they in- initially anticipated, and I think that they are pleasantly surprised. And I think we're, as as we progress through 2021, we do have – I mean, there are a lot of games coming for Xbox that go from indie to quadruple A. And, yeah. and it's really going to be something for everyone can they hit 25 million before the end of 2020? So I'll say this um, for my little birdie. This is, these are good numbers, but there are major question marks that Microsoft still needs to, to hit. So like when we take a look at like game pass and PS now, it's obvious. We even talked about it on the trophy room this week of like, how can PlayStation now actually get as good as game pass? Is it even possible with the PlayStation portfolio that they have? Right. Um, and you can see that they are, yeah, very similar services, but very different in the same lengths of game pass really is the future of what Xbox is. Whereas PlayStation, uh, is not in, in that way of thinking yet. So when I take a look at Microsoft, 18 million is a really impressive number, but I know that they wanted to hit 22 and they didn't. Um, and what they really wanted to show stockholders and when people go, Oh no, 18 million is a fake number. No, that's a real number. Like that is, that's what they got. Uh, because when you're showing it, when you're showing a, a quarterly report, you want to show the best version of yourself to your stockholders, to the people that you have to report to. You want to show the best version of yourself. So the reason why they probably didn't hit that magic 20 is just because Halo didn't come out this year. Halo came out this year, man. Game Pass would be absolutely killing it. It's That's probably, a great point, Joe. That's a that you know what that is a fantastic point yeah. that I didn't even equate to the conversation. Yeah. So, like, it is an impressive number. Uh, Microsoft is still looking at it, going, okay. So, how do we how do we grow this growth even faster? Because a million's a good like a good thing to hit. So, like, Microsoft is more like, how do we get more growth on here so that. Even if a stockholder goes, oh, only 18, you can hit them with, oh, but we're growing exponentially. So it's probably the reason why we had the weird Xbox Live news that we were all you know, pissed off about a week ago and they went back on. So if, if you're Microsoft, you know, the goal is how do we keep 
keep the growth where it is. And it really is this waiting game of AAA games. And it actually goes on to the last topic we talked about of buying developers. Microsoft is still in the business of buying developers, right? It is not an industry secret whatsoever. Right. They want to go out there and purchase more devs and, and and invest in Game Pass that way. When you take a look at Playtonic, you know, I, I think either you or VJ uh, put it eloquently of they're in the business of broadening out that portfolio of getting games on there on a monthly or bi-monthly or tri-monthly basis. Um, so you need a lot of developers to do that. And you again, you can mirror it to being somewhat similar of Netflix, where Netflix has a whole slew of shows each and every month, right? A new movie every single week. That's what Game Pass wants because their true goal now is not just growth, but retention. Yes. You want to get the 25 yeah. million. You want to get the 30 million. So you that want you them to stay go, around too. Yeah. You, you, you want that in the mid twenties or, 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 or low thirties, because then Microsoft gets to say, look at this huge fan base or, or huge audience that we have. Hey, Ubisoft, there's money here. Hey, EA, there's money here. More than yeah. just an EA player, an Ubisoft play. We're talking day and day games like Assassin's Creed. We're talking day and day games like Fallen Order 2 on that service. That is why it's important for this thing to grow, but it's also way more important for, for the audience that they have to retain it. So it's really interesting to me if this COVID situation um, eventually ends this year, are we going to see a dip in those services? That's that is my that's my curious hat that I would want someone way smarter than me to kind of talk me into because yeah like once everybody can go out is there really a point for 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 Netflix or does a churn happen this service is so similar to to Netflix but at the same time so different because the medium is so different yeah. so you know there's there's a lot I I have no doubt in my mind with its current trajectory it's gonna be you know, I'm I'm hoping it's at 30 million by the end of the year, 32 low 30s or mid 30s. I you know if if it stays a million a month, that's very easily achievable. Microsoft's main goal at this point is not how many we got, it's how many we can retain, how many we get to keep, how many of those people that get put in a dollar are now putting in a pound. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's the true thing because I every time I talk to people. I got Game Pass till 2065, you know what I mean? So <laughs> when those people that have invested, when those, you know, the long-term uh, users have hit that that mark where they, they're now paying monthly again, that's the thing I'm very curious about. And, yeah. and I think when it comes to, like, as the PlayStation perspective with PS Now, um, yeah, I'm very curious how PlayStation – uh, enters this race because I could see them more as the Hulu to Netflix where Hulu's not nearly as popular, has some caveats, but it's still there. And that's right. what I kind of think PlayStation kind of views now as well. But also they just, they, the Codera is now working on it. So that's another thing. So I, I can't wait. It's, it's interesting, but I'm game pass for life as well. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm paying up to the end of 2023. And to be honest with you, when, when we get closer to the holidays and they have those, you know, uh, at three months for 20 bucks, um, uh, I had a friend of mine buy two years worth. He paid 120 bucks and he wound up getting two years instead of the 120 for one. 
Uh, yeah. He and that's that's exactly what I. That's. Right. Yeah, listen, you you got to save a buck or two. Not, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, with that. Well, I love um, it. And also, real talk, and, and then my rant's over. It's awesome to see the like the the reports about like Xbox Series X is not selling the way that I think a lot of uh, Xbox communities wanted them to sell, but. At the same exact time, them hitting the largest revenue they've ever hit. Yeah. And it really just shows that the strength in Xbox is not the box. The strength in Xbox and the future of it is Game Pass. Yes. So is if they can invest, if they could find a couple more studios to line their pockets with, I really feel like this service is going to be something that is uh, not just like the best value in games, but the the thing that is unavoidable if you are a gamer, not just on a budget, but just a gamer. You know, yeah. No, I, and again, I, I th- again, you, what, what you what you're looking for, especially when you look at the world. You know, uh, f- the finances for the world it, it obviously it is is much different this year, last year than many years before. Sure, people had limited funds for gaming. But because of COVID, because of, uh, of what has transpired in the last 18 months with people losing their jobs and being furloughed and and uh, just not being able to work because they were stuck at home. And real uh, talk, I think by the time that happens, and like, this is the other thing that I'm really curious about, is like, dude, like someone's like talked about Bethesda in the chat. Wait, when, when those games actually come yes. out, let's look at Medium for a second. I get there's a whole controversy, face animation, whatever. When you get the Bethesda games that eventually come out, when you get Halo, uh, hopefully at the end of this year, when you see their AAA and AA games start actually producing, which right. is going to take a year or two, and once they start hitting, I'm really, really curious of, of is it a herd mentality of, people just flooding game pass or is I, it- I think that's what you're going to get because when you get starfield in there and then potentially a month later is halo infinite mm-hmm. you're talking back-to-back bangers you know what i'm saying you get people to say holy shit i didn't have to spend 70 bucks on this game after you know after tax uh, I, i'm in you know i'm, I'm in for 15 dollars a month you know and and, and then you're going to see People fl- flocking to the uh, to the service because again, it, it is the best service in gaming. But uh, Archimedes, before I get to you, but let me thank a generous friend of the show. You know him as Eagles fan seventy six Eagles fan. What's up, brother? Hopefully you are well. He drops an outstanding five dollars super chat and says twenty million subs is the reason they reported eighteen million. Oh, he said twenty million subs. They reported eighteen million is due to retention plus or. Plus or minus, the customer has to stay on as an active sub to court uh, to count as a lock uh, after that sales number is 18 million. Yeah, I mean, listen, it makes sense, dude. Um, but like I said, 18 million of anything is something that is, of course, impressive. Archimedes, when you see Microsoft come out on Tuesday, and I mean, it was literally all green and not in that Xbox green, money green. Uh, they reported 18 million uh, new, uh, you know, current subscribers, 86 percent increase in uh, hardware, uh, of course, thanks to the Series X and S. Uh, you look at all the other numbers that were all positive. When you talk about their future, when you look at what Microsoft it wants to be known as, it, they, again, Joe said it perfectly. Sony is known as the PlayStation 
whatever, PlayStation 5, where the players go, right? You know, for their first-party games. Microsoft is looking to broaden the the uh, the aspect ratio, if you will. Uh, and, and, yeah, sure, they know that you know about the Series X. You know about the Series S. You know about the Xbox One X and S. But they want you to know about Game Pass. And that's because Game Pass is not just locked behind the console. You can play on your phone. You can play on your PC. You can play on your tablet. Hell, it, it, this year you're going to be able to play on your freaking TV. So they want you to be a part of Game Pass how impressive is 18 million and can they hit 25 in 2021? Okay, let me put these numbers a little bit in perspective because people really don't know how impressive 18 million uh, is. Game Pass launched in no uh, June 2017. So it's now on the, uh, on the market for about three years, three yeah. and a half years. Yeah, something like that. It took Netflix four years to hit that 20 million subscriber count. They, Netflix hit that in 20, uh, uh, 2010. Um, I'm looking here at, at the chart. <laughs> um, yeah, 2010. It took them four years so to hit 20 million. So Xbox is basically on track, on the same track than Netflix is or, or was uh, a couple of years ago, with the difference that Netflix is way more accessible uh, to a broader audience because a lot more people have TVs than they have gaming consoles uh, or gaming PCs or whatsoever. So that is really impressive that they can hit... Um, that kind of subscriber number in the same time than Netflix. They see the same growth rate so far. This is really impressive. And that they did that without having big AAA games uh, coming from their first party portfolio day and date. Yeah, a lot of the criticism that people say, okay, there are big AAA games in there, but that's all old stuff. Yeah, that's really um, going to change very soon, as you said. And then it will become interesting to see what is the growth rate when they really attach those halos, those hellblades, those forzas, those fables about State of Decay, Perfect Dark, etc., uh, Starfield, Elder Scrolls, all those big AAA games. When they are in Game Pass, how will the growth rate be then? That is that is the thing. And since they have been growing over the last six, seven months, um, one million with a one million subscriber account from May, starting May, they had always one million plus subscribers added to the to the service every month. I mean, you can do the math when they will hit twenty five. Yeah, it's in seven months. Um, if they can continue that, I don't know whether that will be the same right now because up until November they had the benefit of the next gen hype. Yeah, that is definitely something that helped. But I think they will see a, 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 a strong growth again once Halo comes out, once those other AAA games will start rolling in in a in a in in that in that regular um oh, how do you say that when when that regular stream of games comes into Game Pass, yeah. Um that is that is when the, the real growth will start. Yeah. And that's also something we should keep in mind when we think about the subscriber counts that Microsoft, their, their whole strategy wasn't to limit it to a certain amount of consoles uh, that are available in the market because it really, really hinders your growth. 
you can really tell their strategy is to make a Netflix kind of uh, 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 subscription with gaming in the way, in the sense that they want to want to have a ton of available devices where you can play your games mm -hmm. on. Yeah, you said it. X Cloud allows basically every device with a screen to to play games, and that is that is, is um, essential for growth because otherwise the the maximum of growth you can achieve is the amount of consoles you have sold. Um, probably a little bit less because a lot of gamers have multiple consoles. Yeah. I bought three Xbox ones over the course of the generation. So um, that that's really the thing. Um, and, and this strategy really aligns right now. And you can see that well laid out plan, bring Game Pass, bring the value, open up the potential customer base. Um, and to see that growth happening in the same way that the most popular subscription service on the planet right now, that is Netflix, is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. I think everything you just see, you're onto something with everything, and you know, and that is, you know what that is a point that I don't think we really uh, talk about too often. Uh, they got 18 million without a Halo Infinite, without a Fable, right? Without uh, you know, w without a Perfect Dark, without a Starfield or the next Doom or an Elder Scrolls, and they amassed that many subscribers because of again. I, I, I listen. First party is where it needs to be for Microsoft. It's where it's going. It's where it is right now, currently with Sony and and obviously Nintendo and Microsoft. Obviously, because you know, um, getting curb stomped last generation made them a better company. There's no doubt about it. So those first party bangers coming, but what they have been able to amass inside Xbox Game Pass. The, again, they advertise 100. Quite frankly, there are over 250 games in there. And real talk, too, like, because a lot of people, you know, like, and I've, I've even reiterated it for to a certain extent of, look, just because they bought all these studios doesn't mean that all of them are going to be these huge, oh, my God, this is a moment type of game that we see with a, with a Nintendo or, or a PlayStation, right? But even if, like, for, for example, if half of those studios hit with something, like, Holy shit, that's huge for Microsoft. Yeah. Again, like if if you told the casual consumer, hey, Halo is here. Hey, you know, Elder Scrolls is here for 15 bucks. Look, I'm a PlayStation gamer, but I've even said it on my podcast, yours, my Bethesda games, I'll be playing on Xbox because my wallet dictates the better deal is here. And yeah. you may get people like me back on the Xbox ecosystem, not because I I I I enjoy the UI or anything more than just the simple fact of my wallet dictates that this ecosystem is going to be the best bang for my buck. And that's really how it always should be. There shouldn't be the brand alliances, but honestly, like that is what Microsoft is looking for. They're trying to, to chip away. And I really think that they're onto something here, man. And I agree. I, I agree. Again, it, it, anything great takes time. You know what I'm saying? Some people are impatient. Some people just want to, you know, uh, they, they want to rush to the end of the, uh, of the race. Sure, that, that, that does happen for some things. Something this big takes time. You have to put the content out there. And again, 
what they had to get 18 million as opposed to what they're going to have in the next two years is easily and potentially going to double what Game Pass currently has. That's my, 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 my shot that I'm taking on it. But uh, VJ, let's get your final opinion before we move on to topic number three. For you, seeing the growth of 18 million subscribers, seeing that they were able to amass this many consecutive consumers whether you paid a dollar up front whether you got your four you know three years of xbox live gold that you picked up on sale converted customers are customers and because of the value proposition that is offered in game pass currently it's safe to assume that even if your subscription expires you're probably going to come back and based on what they have coming out in the forms of Fable and the new uh, Gears and, uh, and, uh, and some of the titles from Bethesda and some of the exclusives from their second party uh, partners and all of the other first party IPs like Halo Infinite this year, it's, it's safe to assume that those, th- those recurring subscriptions are going to come. Do you think they have a shot at $25 million in 2021? Um. I was sort of frantically making notes in the background. Everybody had some fantastic points, boom. Um, but someone in the chat um, pointed out a fact comparing the um, 18 million Game Pass subs to the 40 or 45 million PlayStation subs. And I, I wanted to address that, if you don't mind, and I'll try to do it in the most respectful manner. Um, I'm sorry, but that's an irrelevant comparison. Both companies, and Nintendo as well, have different coexisting business tracks that have individu- individualistically... Uh, through content and thus have embarked upon you know different strategies and approaches to the market who is winning is in total irrelevance in this case in business it's an evolving truth xbox has not scratched the surface with game pass right so 18 to 25 we'll look back in a few years time and probably laugh right if um, the trajectory of netflix that boxenberger has just pointed out is anything to go by People often mock how many uh, Xboxes Microsoft has shipped and that they've stopped giving providing numbers. Sony shipped 120 million consoles between PS4 and PS5, probably even more, and they only have 40 million subs to show for it. Take that into equation when calculating and portraying your thoughts. As Joe alluded to subtly, Game Pass at 18 million is still an embryonic number. And another point, software tie ratio is, is where the profits lie, right? And... And I and I did some rough calculations, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I'm pretty much on, on there, right? But if you look at Xbox, right, if you subscribe to Game Pass for a period of two and a half years, that in turn equates to a 10 to 1 software tie, tie ratio in two and a half years. That took Sony seven years to achieve by shipping hardware. So, so in my opinion... <sighs> In my opinion, that's just uh, some of the things that people don't realize when it comes to business strategy or realizing what Xbox are really trying to do and how they're going about to earn their money in the longer term. You must look deeper into the numbers. The knowledge is there on the Internet, and it's a, and it's a rich knowledge database it ha- that the Internet has to offer. It's akin to sort of roads laden with gold coins. You just need to bend over and pick it up, right, before, you know, sort of, this tribalism just does my head in, right? But you probably know that anyway. From the internet. But yeah, I'm happy to go up against anyone that wants to, um, you know, talk about Sony because I, I can, right? And I want to provide a balanced opinion here. So I might talk for a little bit. So feel free to have a bathroom break if you need to. And I, I apologize for my long rant. I, I already stated several months ago, and I will at this moment in time, 
right? Because obviously truth is evolving. Stick to by what I said. Um, Microsoft have deep enough pockets to invest in the Game Pass initiative. We know that. Let's let's be clear about that. Why? Because they can't or won't or see it as futile as going up against Sony and Nintendo head on. And like you said, you know, they tried and failed and they've come back with a completely different strategy, something that may very well cause a paradigm shift. However, we know <clears throat> and they know it's a developing and growing segment of an industry, the gaming industry, and that's why they're getting into it because it's profitable. And, and I understand that from a corporation's point of view. And with that comes responsibility as you grow your customer base because you have a vast audience that have bought into and invested into your ecosystem. And that's why podcasts like this exist and the community exists to reverse bad decisions as we've seen in the previous weeks and to make sure that we receive the right entertainment, a broad spectrum of entertainment at the right price. And I, and I think this is critical going forward. And, and, and again, why podcasts like this exist to keep people informed. And I think it's an absolute critical um, uh, aspect of, of, of the community. And I commend you for being really, really consistent, Boom. I just don't know how you do it. Anyway, let's put that to one side. I've, now, I've been experiencing and enjoying Game Pass on a daily basis for the last two months, right? I'm, I'm on it every day. Uh, at times, I feel that it's almost a giveaway at $15 a, a month if you're if you're not a collector of video games, as I once was, but not now since I moved to the States uh, and, and life changes, et cetera. Um, the leap to 18 million subscribers, I, I still want to go back to what Mr. Badbit kind of alluded to in terms of like, you know, how solid, uh, solid are those numbers, right? Because I know that we had 15 millions uh, only a short while back, right, announced. I think it was by Aaron or, or, or in some sort of other report. And um, But I also want to factor in that, you know, soon, soon after the console was launched, the Xbox, Game Pass, the initiative was, I, I saw, you know, as soon as I subscribed to Game Pass, a couple of weeks later, I saw the initiative, hey, look, you can grab three months of Game Pass in exchange for a dollar. And then also, over the Cyber Monday and the Black Friday deals, right, uh, I was able to uh, purchase, you know, multiple three-month um, programs for just $20 each, and it's got me stacked up for, for a year. Um, you can understand that there is a, a current upsurge in subscribers, but and I go back to, as a business person, you know, talking to Phil and saying, what are the initiatives and road roadmaps to retain those customers and grow it? Yet again, you know, I'll point to the 100 million, I think it was, that they announced in their um, in their recent annual report or at their AGM that they have 100 yes. million live active yeah. users. Is it? But then I, I, I cast my over to the 100 million active Steam users, the 50 million Xbox One users. Um, and why has Xbox not managed to convert well, sorry, why have they only managed to convert less than 10% of that low-hanging fruit to Game Pass with its low entry fee? But I think Mr. Badbit made a fantastic point, Halo. And um, and you know also, how much... when we're talking about Xbox Live, too, that, that also crosses into the multiple services that they have across consoles. So you're talking about, like, things like Minecraft that may, uh, on Switch, that may involve you having to have an Xbox Live account and all that stuff as well. Yep. So... Yeah. So I think, and I think something that um, Mr. Badbit or Archimedes also said, patience. So I'm sitting here while I'm enjoying all the content in Game Pass as, as of this moment, await the big hitters to arrive. Phil's already said it's going to be a year to two years um, and and see what the upsur upsurge in subscribers is at that, uh, at that point uh, in time, right? Um, in, indeed, you know, more often than not, big hitters directly correlate you know to to an upsurge in increase in subscribers but it's the maintaining of those and that's why 
People are some people are not happy that Microsoft are buying so much studios, but they know they need the studio, they need the content to to refresh and maintain customers, right? And that's where sometimes when I look at Netflix and Amazon in the beginning, I was a really big fan, but now I watch it less and less. You know, the, the and I think Microsoft have probably looked at that model and said, yeah, look, you know what? I'm kind of sometimes I binge watch and then I don't watch it for two to three weeks, but they want a higher retention. So what do they do? They have to go and acquire content, and and that's what they're doing, right? So at the same time, I'm kind of like, I saw the annual reports and sort of before sort of celebrating any sort of victory or success, let's also spare a thought and factor in the pandemic where allegedly millions have died and hundreds of millions are under, you know, pretty much house arrest, right? In Europe, at least, right? I see people in California kind of flouting Indeed. those rules a little bit. So we, we, we are under curfew here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everything Xbox, and let's forget about Xbox, let's put any company, right? that uh, not just Xbox, that digitally delivers its content physically and digitally in Amazon's case has enjoyed growth and financial success on the back of a pandemic and death. And it's not something with a decent conscience or awakened state I can subscribe to, let alone celebrate. So, and as far as Nintendo and Sony, and again, some people in the comment and we've kind of alluded to it, I'm just repeating myself. So I apologize because I've said this before. No, they have existing no. business models. And as, as you said, boom, they're making handover fists that, yep. that serve them extremely well. And 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 as far as I can tell, uh, are going from strength to strength because of the situation that the world is in. What does it mean for Sony and Nintendo? Uh, let's even throw in Tencent as well, right? Because they're moving mercurially in the industry as well. Yeah. And again, as I said this last week and most of last year, and what um, uh, young man Archimedes said, handsome man, I should say, Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony, uh, as we all know, and they all, all th those three fundamentally know, if you're leading from the front, then you're providing guidance for those that are behind you. And again, that's why Microsoft is going out and acquiring content, because they know that fantastic developers or developers with potential are few and far between. Amazon, Disney, et cetera, have caught up with Netflix. Albeit some more work is to be done, in the fraction of the time it took Netflix to establish its lead of, of 190 million users. And I said the following on, on my first ever show, Boone, uh, Microsoft are embarking on an entirely different strategy, which is yet to be proven, but it's in good hands. We know this, right? Game Pass is still, for me, uh, currently, you know, Microsoft 365 minus several key applications, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. Um, yes, I know the retort to that. And I know that those games are coming. So um, anyway, I don't want to go on and on and on. Because no. I wanted to make, but yeah, I, I you made I, a you made a terrific point that like like if I could just hit on for just a sec here is that sure. look, Microsoft is making, and I know this is like we're fluffing their ego, but like what what Microsoft has done and, and continue to do is place the biggest bet on themselves, yeah. um, and the most expensive bet. Like if this thing does not work, oh my. God, that's yeah. But I, I think that Xbox is smarter than that, right? Because, like Boom said, look, they've come up from a position of abject failure. So, what do they do? They monitor, they examine, and they study the opposition, like any good boxer would do. And anything, yeah. and and if you don't take my word for it, ask King David, right? And um, and they learn from the uh, from endeavors, from failures, and from success. We shall say that to a degree, um, that. Phil has looked at, and he's and he's looking at his. Well, yeah. I, he and, and, and that's the thing. When I say bet, it's not like they're throwing money in the wind. They're watching it. You're <laughs> right. With that failure, they're like, okay, so like let's be let's be frank about it, right? Let's be Benjamin. It's a powerful position to come back from. 
it's a powerful position to come back on and they understood something that that possibly some people don't want to admit if they go to toe to toe with playstation or nintendo they fail they've it they've done it oh they've only been able to do it once with the 360 right and that is because playstation decided to fall right dead on their face ass up and so when they're taking a look at their competitors they're like okay so we can't do what they do yet. How do we get there? How do we do something different so that all of a sudden they're playing by our rules and we're not playing by theirs? That is the that is the power <laughs> of the past okay. that I think needs to be embraced uh, by by folks. Is they're they they've changed the script and now like you know like what you alluded to with with Disney Plus and HBO Max now all of a sudden you have you know a a, a Sony uh, a, you know a PlayStation going oh shit okay so homework time can i take a look at it let me see what works let's see what we can do differently right yeah. and that's why you saw last year with the price drop in PS now uh, uh, and now yes. some of their yes, other absolutely changes. 100% they're now all of a sudden playing by Microsoft's playbook yeah. I think I think the critical thing here. You talked about Xbox 360. The brand itself was uh, an all-time high, and I think what they're trying to do with Game Pass is saying, "Look, you know what? People right now trust Game Pass, right? It's established, yeah. right, to a degree." And I think that that is the brand. Look, it's just it's just an opinion. There's no analytics behind it, so it's just an opinion that have to require more thought. But I think that they're trying to establish that with the initiatives in Asia, with SK Telecom and Samsung in South Korea, which we don't quite have um, the analyzed sort of um, um, uh, reports on right now to see how successful it is. But to expand that on a global level um, and to maintain the integrity of it with acquired content or content on and, and other games and studios that we've been looking at. And I think that that is what ideally or, or predictably will lead to growth uh, and success ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you know, when when you're playing, when you don't need a console to play your game, you just eliminated hundreds of dollars of barriers. That's definitely yeah. the, the the barrier point that Microsoft is going for. Is <clears throat> it scares a lot of people? But understand, folks, if you are a console guy or gal, it's going to be there for you. Yeah. We what we have to understand is Microsoft's ideology is life beyond the box, not eliminating the box, adding customers to and for past the box. So the, the so if we want to restricted to it, you're yes. totally free. Yes. Yes. Growing the potential customer base. That's their that's their strategy. That, that's yeah. what makes the 18 million so much more impressive. Yes, versus, exactly. versus, and you're trying to compare it to a system that's shipped at 120 million units and only has 40 million. I yeah. mean, and, and that's the correlation I'm trying to make there. Well, and I love the I love the point about um, them changing um, changing the the rules and in, in in the industry. <laughs> I have made a video about four months ago where I also talked about it, but it just hit me. Um, Nintendo did the same thing when they weren't able to compete with PlayStation and Xbox. Um, on, on on the same level of in console design, the last time they tried to be on par with them was during the GameCube um, yep. area, uh, and, and then they realized we we cannot keep up with hardware performance and everything um, with with the with our competitors. So they changed the game, yeah, yeah. and they, they they built their own market. And now we speak of Nintendo as well. They are in the gaming business, but they 
do their own thing. Yeah, yeah? they march to their own drum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen. And that is what, what Microsoft is also trying to do. Yeah. And um, you know something, I think they're doing it to, to they're doing it secretly, but in our face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of people discount what how the importance of Game Pass until they have 50 million. They're like, holy shit, where did that come from? I, mm -hmm. I think that that's what you're going to see. I think we're going to con see, continue to see growth. And what's interesting, and I think this will be the final point of this because we have to get to Knights of the Old Republic 3, which we're going to talk about next, is they got here without the bangers. You understand? You understand how important that is to the conversation? Sure. Has there been Gears 5 and Forza Motorsport 7 and, 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 and uh, Forza Horizon and, you know, Halo Master Chief Collection and a few others? Absolutely, there's been some big ones in there. But when you think about what's coming, it only says to me that we could potentially, by year's end, once they release some of these bigger games. And remember, Phil says there's at least two or three that they that they have not shown off that are releasing this year. I personally think the compulsion game is close. I don't have that on good authority, but that's what I'm that's what I'm banking on, along with maybe. And again, this is a, a it's a stretch, but I still think Hellblade 2 is gonna be here this year. I'm probably wrong, but so be it. Uh, but I do want to move on to topic number three. Uh, first of all, as you can see, the gameplay is running the way it's supposed to run. Dirt 5, just, just for a side note, is so freaking amazing. My, I've been playing so much Dirt 5, it's obscene. And not just for recording video, because sometimes I'm enjoying myself that I forget. I want to punch myself when I do, because I have to, being that I have a computer that can run it now, every time I start playing a game, I have to remember in the back of my head, record, so I can then move it over to, so you guys can watch the video like you do with Randall Thor and the rest of those guys. Uh, but Dirt 5, if you have not picked it up, my God, my God, this game is so much fun. It is everything you want from Forza Horizon 4, except the fact you just can't drive around. It's just like strict races. It's so good. As you can see, it handles, I have to be honest with you, I would dare say that the handling of this game, of, of, of the way that you handle the car, is as comparable or like neck and neck close to Forza uh, car handling. It, they did such an amazing job. And as you can see, this is running on a Series X. It was captured in 4K and it was, you know, and and put out there for you guys and gals to see. Hopefully you're enjoying it as much as I am because I'm enjoying it. I cannot wait to actually get back to playing it. But I do want to move on. Wait, we have two Super Chats that came in. Let me catch those and we're going to get right into the next topic. CYV Studios, another Generous friend of the show drops an outstanding $5 super chat and says this. I think that to maintain a movie streaming platform is harder than video game streaming platform. Game Pass can be more successful than Netflix easily. I absolutely agree. Dan, the man, Cunningham, another generous friend of the show, he <laughs> drops an outstanding $5 super chat and says, hey, Guys, hope all is well today. To eliminate another barrier for ease of entry, Microsoft needs to have a family plan. Indeed, you are not the only one to talk about that. I think that, folks, if you want a family plan, and I think it's something that they've had before with Xbox Live Gold, they should offer that with, of course, Game Pass in a proper manner. Start 
reaching out and dropping hints to, uh, you know uh you know reaching out all over social media to to Xbox um um Game Pass on their Twitter account reach out to Aaron Greenberg reach out to Phil Spencer keep throwing the digs i think that it is coming to be honest with you i just don't know when but folks we we have to talk Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 3 now look folks here's the thing when I think of Knights of the Old Republic 3, I don't think of the PC brethren that has still seen, seen players play that game. Um, I, I always uh, equate Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic to the OG Xbox. The first one being by Bioware, of course, and the second one, which to many people's opinions is the better of the two. And that was, of course, done by Obsidian, uh, who Microsoft owns and is a first-party developer. Now, as reported by the Video Game Chronicles, friends of this show, the latest rumor comes courtesy and of credited Star Wars insider Bespin Bulletin, who spoke on the recent Bob podcast about the project that is, in fact, in development outside of EA and that we will never guess who the studio is that is making the game. Now, here is what he had to say, and I quote, Amongst my digging, I heard there is a Knights of the Old Republic project in development somewhere. Um, I talked to a couple of people, and I also found out that Jason Schreier said that it's not with EA, and you will never guess who the studio is that is currently making the game. Furthermore, Wushu Studios Nate Najaj also took to Reset Error in response to say, it's not as mysterious as you think. It's just because they're not a household name most people are aware of. Of course, you know, with previous rumors of Knights of the Old Republic remake being in the works at EA, um, there are there, there are some elements to the first KOTOR and Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, uh, that could potentially be uh, fitted for a reboot. But again, we don't know if that reboot is coming. I would love it, to be honest with you. I don't think Bioware could do anything more than what they're doing. Their plate is full. I think that I think what EA has done with Star Wars over the course of nearly uh, five years of that IP has proven to be a failure. It just that's my opinion. Of course, I'm not talking about what Respawn did in 2019. I'm talking about what they have done overall. I think that is the reason why we saw the rebranding of LucasArts Games. I think this is why we're going to see more um, developers take a shot at Star Wars. But the question that we have to go with is two. One, is it Knights of the Old Republic 3 or the recently released book, The High Republic, game that is in, in the works? Or, and more importantly, is it a Microsoft first-party studio that has a shot at bringing Knights of the Old Republic as an exclusive? Now, I say that not to try and, you know, box out the PlayStation folks or the, the, or the Switch folks. To be honest, Knights of the Old Republic, 
in my personal opinion, belongs on the Xbox. When I think of that brand, I think Xbox. The same way that when you tell me Metal Gear Solid or Silent Hill, I think PlayStation. When you tell me Bayonetta, I think Nintendo, because obviously that is where 2 is, and that is where 3 is going to be this year or potentially next year. So now let's get into the conversation. Who at Microsoft of the 23 studios could it be? I think it's possibly in exile. That's just my take on it. I know that they're staffing up for a big, folks, we heard it. A big AAA title they're working. Is it Night Studio Republic? Well, shit, I don't personally know. But man, they're not a household name. They have the funding. And my God, they have the chops. Zemi Games, first of all, What do you think about this? Should Knights of the Old Republic whatever be an Xbox exclusive? Could Microsoft have put their dig in and say, hey, the first two are here. We want to bring it back home. What do you think? Um, So I'm first off really excited uh, to to, I mean, it's not, you know, solid confirmation, but but it is, you know, uh, confirmation from some very, very big names in the industry. Right. Uh, For as far as, you know, journalism and and gaming goes, um, which is very exciting. Um, We talked about this a few weeks ago, and I don't think it's going to be Knights of the Old Republic three. I still think it's going to be like a reboot and they're just going to re kind of just restart it like what they did with Battlefront. but uh, as far as, you know, exclusivity on Xbox, I don't like that. I, I'm, I'm not going to like it. You're um, never going to win this argument, dude. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, You're just hey, not. I, hey, look, I get it. A lot of people in chat, a lot of people on panel are completely against me on this. I, I understand that Sony does it with Spider-Man. I don't think it's right for Xbox to do it with Star Wars. That's just, that's just the way I'm you know, going with it. Just for me, my ethics, I just, no, I, I, don't, I don't like the idea of that. But I think. May that, I ask why? Why do I? Th- why? Yeah. Be- because I don't think it's right to uh, exclude, you know, uh, people that don't have a tremendous amount of money and made the terrible decision of buying a PlayStation. Yeah, but from Sony does that to a Star Sony Wars does game. that to a T. We've actually I heard every one of them. Every one of them has saying. a. There, there's yeah. an old saying, right? And that's two wrongs don't make a right. Just because Sony does it, I, I understand. Yeah, forget I about it, Sony. Right? Forget about Sony. But everyone who buys a PlayStation sure. has either a TV or a computer or mm-hmm. a phone. He, they all have access have to Xbox games. That argument yeah. isn't and there anymore. Yeah, and, and but we don't know point. what we don't know what TVs it's going to be available on. They may not own a Samsung, and they may also not want to play the game on their smart uh, on their smartphone, right? They may it not like mobile games. But, but 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 excluding this because because this doesn't really matter. Onto the actual you know topic at hand, I think that it's uh, that it's not you know uh, stupid necessarily to think that it might be an Xbox studio because Xbox has been acquiring several RPG developers, right? Hmm. But Jason Schreier, he does say that nobody's going to guess right, right? And I think that that really kind of excludes Obsidian because they do have a history with this game. This is probably going to be people's first or second guesses on who's making this game, right? I think In Exile is a very, very strong pick. Um, and, and I would agree with that. The only thing that kind of has me somewhat hesitant on this is that... Um, Hey, um, that they, they uh, on a job posting for their site, they are looking for a lead gameplay engineer. And 
under the uh, the job description, it does mention uh, first person combat, uh, first person combat, like you know, shooting uh, gameplay, that type of stuff. Um, which, you know, I, I think would be really, really interesting to see in a uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game. However, I'm not sure if that really kind of meshes well. So that kind of has me thinking against uh, In Exile, but it could Bro, still I'd be them. good money to have like a, just give me like a Bethesda, like, you know, Fallout, but with a Star Wars skin on yeah, it. You know what I mean? we're talking. No, uh, I, I get you. With gas in now, um, the one studio I was really, really thinking about, like I was thinking so strongly about this studio, uh, before I actually read the, uh, the game, uh, the gamer, uh, rank, uh, article that you guys, uh, sent in the chat was actually spiders games. Um, they are mm. definitely a huge shocker. Nobody, nobody's probably going to guess them. Um, and you know, they, they're most certainly not a household name, right? Their last game that released was Greedfall. It was, it was a pretty decent RPG. Um, the only thing that has me against them is do they have enough, uh, sway to convince um disney to give them the rights to make the next star wars knights of the old republic game um but if i had to say my pick mm -hmm. of who i would want it to be and who i uh think is most likely for it to be i would probably go with spider games okay i mean that's I, a I, I it's certainly yeah. not a name that anyone really knows agreed for depending whether you liked it or hated it was was a, a stout rpg um, and again, it's 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 not a household name. I, I again, I don't know if the studio has the funding or the chops to deliver on a Night Studio Republic game. Again, I, yeah. I they have one of their developers has more in their pinky than I have in my entire body, so there's no doubt about that. But I just I don't know if you trust a studio that small with an IP that big, that legendary. For from again, it's just my opinion on on the situation, Joe. Yeah. Look, Again, the panel got everyone got in their feels. Uh, Zemi has been against uh, for, for, again. This is if this is not a surprise. He has been against the the exclusive thing. Again, he's never going to win an argument with me. I think Sony does it to maximum per, uh, uh, professional uh, when it comes to locking it behind their 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 wall. That's just what they do. For you, with that aside, could. Knights of the Old Republic that found its life on Xbox return as an exclusive? And if so, who within the 23 first-party studios could they pick? Um, I, I'm i going to say this, just for Zemi. I think it's Gorilla, and I think it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. And when they say why <laughs> it is, they're like, because Zemi told Phil not to pull the trigger. Everybody blame Zemi for this. Don't blame us. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, the Gorilla Games would be a shocker. Uh, I yeah. would be uh, excited because I actually love what they do, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me. But again, if that in fact is the case, then this, then, then when and if that happens, mm -hmm. now I have to put uh, Phil Spencer's toes to the fire and say you lost out on a Marvel exclusive, and we're still waiting, and you're yeah. sitting on your hands. And if they lose out, again, folks, you, I, I'm, I'm already starting to get on fire over this. 
Because if it turns out, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play it. I have a PlayStation yeah. Five. I love Gorilla. I'll, I'll it, play that on I mean, a watch. I mean, machine. just just think think about it, think about it like this. Like right, like if if Sony did do something about like that, how crappy would it be for Xbox gamers? Right? It would be tough. That is exactly what you're hoping happens to PlayStation gamers, which no, I in 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 the words of the great Richard Pryor, tough titty if you don't have a playstation 5 to play this game and maybe i'm being a cruel asshole but i don't think so i think that you have to understand that in this day and age of gaming that goes dates back to the the nes versus the sega master system if you want to play in someone's home and there's a particular ip there you have to buy that ip that I, or that that said console. Nothing has changed oh, in four years of gaming. Sorry, I know man. it is. I know who it is. Let's stop the presses right now. I'm so sorry. I, I'm interrupting. Here's the dream. Here's the dream. And honestly, we've been saying it since 2019, and it's ripening in our goddamn faces. And I want you know what? I'm turning on the mic for this. This is way too important. You need to see my ugly mug. All right. Look, it's not Microsoft. It ain't Sony. Okay. It's Nintendo. <laughs> God, no. Amazon God, no. Luna exclusive. <laughs> it's a Luna exclusive. We're all going to be lunatics over <laughs> Star Wars. Um, no, 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 no. Here, here's, here's the dream team. First off, very surprised by this news because, again, they want to make movies out of these. That was the, the rumor for yes. the last time. Yes, yes, so, yes. Yeah. So maybe that is going to be the High Republic. Who knows? But what I do know in my heart of hearts, what is a company that we don't see it, right? Like like Jason's like, it's going to come out of left field, but you would be totally on board. What is a studio that when you think about it in your heart of hearts, it makes absolutely so much sense because they could work with that lore. They're excellent writers and they could play with the physics so well. That is Remedy. They are working on three games. We can assume. Oh my God, that's we great. Can assume that there's something. There's something partnered with Epic, so maybe that is the Star Wars game, and then they have a mystery game. I love it, dude. Well, I didn't even know that, and I didn't even I didn't even equate them to the conversation. Just, just imagine knew, their storytelling chops, Joe, is legendary. Whether you think that their games are the same in Quantum Break or uh, Alan Wake, or of course the Control, which uh, with both consoles are getting, one in Game Pass and one in PlayStation Plus. It's the Ultimate Edition, OPS, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. If you didn't play Control, and you and you trust my opinion, please play them. But my God, Joe, that isn't a great pick. And look, uh, the, and, and you know, it'll probably be multi-plat because I'm just assuming yeah. I'm putting a yeah. big board hat on. Epic again, they'll be like, I think Epic is the obscure game that they that they like really want to make, you know, the, their weird game. But I think this third game could very much be a mystery tie-in type of, a, you know, that 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 mystery game being Star Wars. You get to play with the physics of of control. You get to play with with sword play for the first time, and then like, yeah, you you know. Uh, putting in the the elements of uh, Quantum Break with the shooting mechanics. You know, you're really getting to craft your own character and it's no longer turn-based. Uh, the one reason why I probably think that it's going to be on multi-platforms is because at this point, though Knights of the Old Republic is an Xbox 
or launch on Xbox. That thing is literally on everything at this point. Like you can play it on your phone. Yeah, it's true. So, you you are correct in saying so. Yeah, yeah. you can play Knights of the Republic on every on your toilet potentially. Yeah. But real talk, like again, if if I see a Remedy game and it's just like it's a Star War and I get to make you know my Jesse Faden, but with a green lightsaber, dude. Yep. Let me sign yeah. me up, please. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're no. against that, you're against fun. That's what I'm gonna say. One hundred percent, Archimedes. You you obviously have to tackle two two parts of the conversation here. Uh, one, the exclusive the, the exclusiveness of games. Um, I I think that when trying to sell a service, when trying to convert people to your platform um, outside of your um, uh, owned IPs. Sometimes you got to spend the money, and, and and I say that because if you look at what uh, 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 Sony has done, per- specifically with Spider Man twenty eighteen, they sold over twenty million copies. Which means this is just my opinion on it. I'm sure that they're double digit in console sales because that game is exclusive. Now, if I recall, many of the conversations both with Sony's. Um, rep, uh, reps as well as the Sony community, the 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 question of well, Spider Man's not available on this on the Xbox One. It's not available on the Nintendo Switch. But if you want to play this game, if you want to play this epic new I- addition to the MCU uh, extension into the gaming, you got to buy a PlayStation Four. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think gaming is a business, and I think that you need to get people into your ecosystem any way you see fit. And if that is locking a title behind your box, then that's what you do. But see, here's the difference, Archimedes. Microsoft gives you, and I think you were just about to say this, gives you the ability to play on not just your Xbox. They give you the ability to play on PC, play on your phone, play on your tablet, play on your PC, and play on your TV. So technically, Unlike what Sony does and locks it behind your PlayStation 4 slash 5, there's a multitude of ways to play the game. First of all, tackle that, and more importantly, who could be doing Knights of the Old Republic 3 or the High Republic? Okay, first, I'm glad that my uh, pick for for a possible studio didn't uh, get gotten uh, mentioned yet, So, uh, but I'll get to that. Um, let me tackle your first question. Exclusivity is key. To growing your ecosystem, content drives new customers into your ecosystem, and as much as Microsoft is trying to lure new customers in by giving them value, it's still a business. And if they see it as a good business move to have an exclusive Star Wars game or whatever brand, uh, exclusive Batman game or whatever, um, it they, they will do it just like Sony does it. Sony didn't become um, the biggest uh, selling console um, because they are buddy buddy with every gamer. No, they 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 became it because they they provided the customer something that they cannot get anywhere else, and that's how they grew their business. And Microsoft is trying to do the same. They want to make Game Pass the subscription that you want to have, and having a Star Wars game in there is definitely something that would help them grow. So that being said, about the exclusivity, we also have to consider, we are not talking here about uh, Star Wars IP exclusivity. We know that um, the Lucasfilm is now changing the way how they handle their IP. Um, 
so far they had that exclusivity deal with EA. So only EA was allowed to make Star Wars game. That is changing now. In starting 2023, um, the license can be used or the IP can be used by um, basically everyone that they see fit to. Yeah? So we know about the Ubisoft game coming. We know that EA still has Star Wars games coming. And there will other be other developers that make Star Wars games. So we will see just a... a Maybe Sony is, is doing also a, um, a Star Wars game. Who knows? They could do a, a Star Wars game but uh, Microsoft could also do. Do we know who owns Naughty the KOTOR IP right now? I'm not sure who owns the, the KOTOR IP, but however, yeah, of course, everyone... Oh, no, I, I think it's LucasArts that owns that IP. Uh, yeah. Is it LucasArts that owns the IP for yeah, KOTOR? Okay. So they could license it out to, to anyone. And um, for Microsoft, it it kind of would be a, a good thing because we all want new or kind of new IPs, new games from Microsoft, but it's really hard to establish a, a brand new IP that nobody knows. And um, KOTOR has this, this name with the fan base from back in the days, but there are millions of gamers that haven't even heard of KOTOR because uh, in 2001, when the original Xbox came out, they weren't even born. So um, they... KOTOR has also the potential um, to, to bring in new gamers because it's Star Wars. And Star Wars is, is, is something that is big. It would make sense for them to have such an such a IP in their yeah in their offering to the customers. And we had a similar discussion when we talked about them acquiring Warner Brothers and with that Batman IP. Would that make sense? Yeah. Of course it would make sense to have such an iconic character out of the a movie industry um, uh, or the comic industry or whatever uh, in there, yeah? Um, they don't have it yet. Sony does have it. And, um, of course, it, it would make sense. Now, who could it be? Of course, this is now guessing out of the blue. But we know that Compulsion game um, Games uh, is working no. on a third-person no. game. <laughs> um, and they, uh, they said they are touching in a genre that is that they are not familiar with. So it could also be that. But I like also your pick from N Exile. If we talk Xbox Studios, definitely that's something. Yeah, N Exile is one that a lot of people, it's certainly not a household name for sure. No doubt about it. Unless you're, unless you're really into RTS or uh, PC, you don't really know who they are. I Again, I, I they, they are... I mean, again, they're, they're hiring for a first-person shooter, so it's it's is it... It likely, probably not, but again, Knights of the Old Republic may not be the Knights of the Old Republic that we remember, especially if they move to the High Republic. Remember, uh, Republic Commando, one of my favorite OG Xbox games, uh, was uh, was on uh, was a first person shooter, a team based, as a matter of fact, you know, and it was freaking incredible. Um, so, I mean, who, who who's to say? But VJ, let's uh, let's get your final point on this, um, you know. With, with, you know, with the the potential of a new Star Wars Knights of the Republic, there are a lot of there are a lot of heavy points with this topic for a lot of reasons. It is a topic that uh, people have been asking for. It's a it's an IP that that people have been asking for for a return, whether that be 
um, a remake of the original two or an HD collection, or of course a follow-up, you know, making three or potentially even just rebooting the series with the, with the new book that came out the high Republic. And we did hear uh, how LucasArts wants to forward uh, this particular new um, uh, epic tale into star Wars talking about the high Republic. It is possible that they could make a high Republic game, but not call it Knights of the Old Republic. Who knows? First of all, there are two questions here. One, do you think Microsoft um, would put themselves in position to get this game that we know not only would bring back potential Xbox um, players, but potentially bring back new what? Xbox Game Pass subscribers because of the weight that Knights of the Old Republic has? And more importantly, do you have an issue with exclusivity um i'm not sure okay so first of all as i mentioned i think a couple of weeks back i've I've never had the pleasure of playing or engaging in the sort of experiencing um the knights of the old republic so therefore i'm at quite a bit of a disadvantage compared to the rest of the panel uh, if not a loss to offer any sort of opinion um on its history in terms of like its critical and commercial success how it was received and how it spoke and endeared itself to gamers of that specific generation and, and maybe even the current generation. And it's difficult for me to offer sort of any insight uh, on its potential future and, and how, well, I guess who would be adept or perhaps appointed or instrumental in taking the franchise forward, indeed tasked with sort of reinventing it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this game was released uh, quite a while back. So, um, I'm not really even certain certain of uh, who the IP resides with, and if it is with uh, with with um, Star Wars or, or Lucasfilm, because I'm not a huge fan of Star Wars either, to be quite honest. So um, I think you that this way you could leave. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, I'm sorry to be brief, but I mean, like, at the end of the day, boom. If um, obviously you know uh, the Star Wars license in general, the universe is not exclusive anymore. And secondly, if Knights of the Old Republic is an is an intellectual property that is held by you know this um, by by uh, the owners of Star Wars, which is Disney, and um, who knows, right? Maybe it's up for uh, up for bidding, right? Maybe Microsoft is has thrown their hat in the ring. Maybe others have as well. I, EA, maybe I have no idea. So depending on who gets their mitty grubs on it? <laughs> so uh, grubby mitts on it, I should say. Um, yeah, then then I guess it'll determine who produces the content. And then as soon as that's made clear, I guess we'll be having another chat in terms of what we, should we expect from this developer that's been handed the rights. And uh, so yeah, I'm, again, I'm really sorry to be brief and I can't offer more. I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, listen, obviously, Star Wars isn't your thing. Uh, I know Joe nearly fell, passed out and fell, fell, fell back in his good. chair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it, fine. Listen, it, it, it I've is. I've never been so insulted in my life. It was, it's, it's okay. You, you're you're going to live. Um, but, right. you know, look, here's the thing. Um, as we close in on the nearly two-hour mark, this has been a great show. I do have I had, I had a fourth topic. I'm going to pull it uh, mm-hmm. because it is too big of a conversation to uh, to just let to, to try and rush through uh, basically what it is. And, I, and I'll talk about it because we're, and we're not going to talk about it. I'm going to give you the heads up. We're going to move this topic to um, because it's, a, it's an original piece um, and it's going to be brought to the first topic of primetime gaming on Monday evening. And um, 
the, the basically the, I asked the question with the mm-hmm. Xbox hardware revenue growth uh, as Microsoft report r- reports record breaking earnings um, with of course their console sales more importantly Xbox Game Pass is there any reason whatsoever to put um, uh, obsi- uh, not Obsidian um, Bethesda. Thank you. Bethesda developed IPs onto a PlayStation 5. The answer is absolutely not. There's there's clearly, there is zero reasons to put anything on a PlayStation 5 moving forward other than continuing the two uh, massive uh, multiplayer games that they have in Fallout 76 and continuing with, uh, of course, the D&D type uh, game. Uh, which escapes my mind. Um, Elder Scrolls Online. They they, they don't they don't yeah those, those are ever growing and breathing franchises that have seen life on the PlayStation Four will continue to see life on the PlayStation Five. With that said, moving forward, zero reasons to give the keys to the kingdom. Of your enemy. This is not my enemy. Uh, my enemy is, is my friend. No, 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 no. We're not playing any of that shit. This is, and again, I don't want to get into it now. We're going to get into it deep because I already sent it to the panel members of prime time. And just to give you the heads up, that DM is exploding right now because everyone is in agreement. You don't put these games on Sony's box if you're looking to convert people to Xbox Game Pass. It literally. If I, if I could just a, a, a quick two cents. Just sure. to spite Sony, just to spite Sony, you put it on the Dreamcast. There you go. Oh, okay. Well, I love the Dreamcast. My favorite, one of my favorite consoles of all time. But listen, folks, I want to get to a few of the super chats that have come in. I uh, cannot forget those. Uh, let me just read those out because we had actually quite a few of them come in. Uh, Z Black Rider, good friend of the of the show. Z Black, it's great to see you back in the chat, dude. I hope that you find yourself and your family well. Uh, thank you, for, of course, for always supporting Double Barrel Gaming. He drops an outstanding five dollars super chat and says, "Not even Epic knows Unreal better than the Coalition." I bet on them. Oh my! Could you imagine a Star Wars game? By the coalition? Oh hell yes! Hacking off Mims. Oh my god! Freaking yes. up! Oh my! Oh my god! I'm in. You know what? Oh my god! Between remedy the, and the Black Rider wins the award of the year, and we just started for the for the best. Um, uh, uh, you know, studio to make a Star Wars game. Yes, please. Um, Viper XT shows his generosity once again with an additional five dollars. Which chance says, if it's a Microsoft studio that no one would guess, how about these curveballs? World's Edge or Mojang. Listen, dude, those are those are so off the wall. You could be onto something, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want either of them doing a Star Wars game, especially Knights of the Old Republic, because they're so different, these studios. It's not the Knights of the Old Republic that I would want, but you know what? You, you, you just never know. John B., another generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding $10 super chat and says this James Olin is the original designer for KOTOR and he has his own studio. It's called Archetype Entertainment Studio. The studio is the parent company of Hasbro, which is huge. Wow, dude, that is pretty big. And that is a name that I have not heard of before. So, hey, you never, never know. Uh, we have Ra89. 
drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, Hey guys, love your show. After the financials report of Microsoft slash Xbox, anything is possible right now. Game Pass is going to be full force from here on. Yeah, I agree. I think we all agree that uh, that they're going to uh, continue to put the pedal to the metal. And I think that one of the biggest um, games to come out in 2021 is the medium, which is getting very good reviews from some, some, some giving, you know, giving it some really, really out. I mean, I saw a three out of 10. Like, I don't know. I mean, you give a buggy mess a three out of 10. I don't know if you give a game that got a nine from one place. Yeah, that uh, one was weird. The gaming Bible, I think they're yeah, called. Yeah, Bible. Yeah, no, I, 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 I just think that they, they like look. A Facebook thing too. Like they're a Facebook. Yes. Thing, pretty yeah, sure. I think they're a Facebook thing. It, look, I, I'll say this. Please, whatever you do, don't put too much stock into um uh, uh metacritic it, it is a dying site it is a site that used to be heralded as legitimate and now if you have uh a, you know a, a dot com you can put your opinion out there and if you are um a malicious type of of gamer who wants to push a narrative you can fact can do that um i think that what they need to do for metacritic moving forward is um you you need to show the receipts. Like you got to show that you have the game. You have to show because a lot of these sites, it, it seems as if they watched a trailer and and wrote a review. Like I don't well, know how that's even possible. Metacritic but- is really hard to get into. A lot of sites want medic like want to be on Metacritic real bad, but and like how they weigh things as well. So like. Certain sites get weighed heavier than others, depending on the publication. So, like, Gaming Bible is, like, Gaming Bible's thought versus IGN's thought, like, or weight is, is you know, IGN's obviously much higher. Right, it's right. So, that's how they kind of weigh things. I personally, like, I don't know how their algorithm works, per se, but I really, really like um, Open Critic. Because it kind of gives you a balance of like, here's what the critics say, here's what the critics recommend, so that you can get that like, you know, subjective number, of course, like both of them are, but like, you can get that hard number, and then you could get something that is more akin to, you know, like, like when we, when Luke says, you know, Crackdown 3 is a fun seven, you know, you can have a game that like, is just like, yeah, it's, it's, as a kid say mid, but I still recommend it because it's fun. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, and I would I would agree with that that rating. See, and again, also, that that, that, that Iron are on Open Critic, and that's why I trust them. Well, there, well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, we have really entertained you, hopefully for two plus uh, nearly two hours. Uh, this has been a great show. Again, the 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 very heavy debated topic of you know you know uh, numbers versus you know need is going to be big for of course primetime gaming of course tomorrow's breakfast with boom we're going to be talking about the uh quite a few important things uh the lead story is going to be the medium Uh, i'm going to try and get at least three to four hours in i'm going to record some video hopefully it doesn't go in slow motion i didn't even know about that bug uh archimedes that that kind of sucks because it's weird as you see dirt five is running fine and i recorded it off the xbox series x so I, i don't know if it, I'm is, doing- it is a super weird bug. It it only happens with games that have HDR and 60 FPS. And when uh, you then record in 30 FPS, 
Uh, it does. Uh, you you get that slow mo effect. It is really weird. It, well, I'm gonna actually write. I'm gonna reach out to Jason because he does follow me. So I'm gonna DM him privately and uh, you know just throw this out there to him because maybe I'm sure he knows about it. I mean, crying a lot, he designed the Series X, but I, I would like to get an update as to what when they're gonna fix that because I just now started having gameplay because I have a better pewter and it sucks to see. Uh, Hitman that runs at 60 frames per second. It looks so good. And I'm watching it and I'm like, yeah. man, I hate myself right now if I'm if I'm a fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, re- it really sucks because I just because hate myself right now. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the captures I did, um, for instance, from Assassin's Creed Alhalla or uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Um yeah, I had, I I had some... them in my in my in my videos, yeah. And yeah. And yeah. now I have to turn off uh, HDR um, while I play games in order to capture it. If you do that, that is I did well, work thank around. You. Thank you. Yes, I'm going to actually do that. As much as I like HDR, I'm going to start turning it off. Uh, to be honest with you, to play to record these games because I, I like the gameplay. I know I see what people. I mean, again, I'm I'm a fan. You know, first I used to be a fan first. So seeing gameplay as we do the show, if you're watching the show on your phone, it's definitely cool. Uh, especially because I've been coming in first a lot in dirt, as you can see, which I'm I'm pretty good driver, by the way. But let's get into the outros and Zemi Games. Um, sorry if you got booed a little bit. I, I, I think you, it I, usually happens, at least for one topic each show. It usually happens. Yeah, I mean, listen, listen, first of all. We love you for your ability to be honest. That's how you feel and you're sticking with it. And you know something? You, you have to continue that. If that's how you feel, you know, F what everyone else thinks because that is your opinion. But you do bring uh, a great conversation to every show you're on, which is why you're on this show. And, of course, the new newly added Tuesday show which, of course, is coming up next week called Xbox One-on-One. Zemi will not be a part of that show for one reason, because we, and I say we because Pong Soul, who is going to be joining me for Xbox One-on-One next Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we are going to be diving deep into, of course, the medium. We're going to give our impressions. Video is going to be running in the background. And, yes, we will be doing a live on the air official review from the Double Barrel Gaming Network, which is not a part of Metacritic yet. Hopefully one day it will be. But we'll be doing that on Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hopefully if you are looking forward to that game and not a fraidy cat like Zemi, you'll tune in to watch the gameplay and, of course, our opinions. Zemi, tell everyone about where they can find out a good recipe or two. Check out what you're doing on theconstantgamer.com. And also check you out on social media yeah so like the main thing that i'm currently uh really working on right now for content creation and stuff like that is a new website called constantgamer.com uh it's pretty much a gaming news media website like ign like kotaku all this you know all, all the others the only difference is that we are trying to build it to be absolutely more objective and unbiased accurate and and where all the news articles are actually based in facts and and not really opinions um and then of course you know on the site as well we have a community section which is uh which is going to be growing as time goes on currently we just have a bunch of really fun gaming quizzes um one that i wrote one that boom wrote which is resident evil uh, which a lot of people really really seem to like his uh his quiz so definitely go check that out if you haven't already 
Um, and then if you want to follow us on YouTube or on Twitter, uh, up in the top right-hand corner of the site, there's uh, a link to both our YouTube channel and our um, Twitter channel. And uh, if anyone is uh, listening that's interested in jumping into, you know, game journalism, writing for a site, uh, anything like that, feel free to submit in a uh, short little application to do so. You just have to click on the contact us button um, and, and then just click on the button that says join the team. Just fill out the application and send it. Uh, and we are, you know, looking for new writers to, to just add different opinions to the site and to really just uh, contribute and uh, grow Constant Gamer into something that, you know, I guess uh, I and, and a lot of us, you know, other people that are a part of it can be proud of. Well, I think what you're doing already is awesome. I, I love what the site stands for. I love that it's not it's it, it, it's opinion based. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of conjecture there with the site. But what I love well, is it, what you stand it, it, for. And it is separated, right? We have a feature section, which is, you know, heavily based on our, you know, opinion, but every article that goes into that feature isn't just going to be talking about the one side that we agree with. It's also going to be covering the side of the argument that we don't agree with. And then our news is constructed in a way that's purely, you know, the first part of the article is purely fact. Uh, there's, there's really no opinion in it. But then at the bottom, the author might put their opinion down there. Yeah, but you know something. Yep. It, it, again, it's there. It's there for you to digest in a way that's not offensive. That's not sure. pushing Absolutely. an agenda, which is what you get in a lot of sites. They're, they're looking for clicks. What uh, what Zemi and the writers, and there's quite a few talented writers there, are looking for are for a source of entertainment that tells uh, a good story about a game that you might, you may or may not be interesting. So head over to, uh, you know, uh, head over to that site, check out the two quizzes. Potentially, if you want to get yourself involved in writing, folks, listen, Zemi's offering an opportunity that um, not many people are. And I, I believe lordsofgaming.net does it as well. Um, and this is great. If you want to uh, dip your toe into the pool of potential gaming journalism. This is how you start, folks. You, you, you know, you plant the seed and you grow the tree. You don't grow the tree and then plant the seed. So remember, you know, ch check out Zemi, the uh, constantgamer.com, and you may actually be picked to be a writer on that site. Also, Next. also yes, real quick, I, I, I hate to do this. I, I really do, but I, I really need to call somebody out in chat because I've been hearing this a lot and I just kind of want to somewhat set the record straight. I don't even know how to say his name, but he does say uh, Zimmy is a Sony fanboy. He don't want Xbox to have exclusives. Oh, that's ridiculous. Man, I don't even own a PlayStation right now. <laughs> okay. That's what a PlayStation so, so fan would say. I, I, I guess, but I'm really not a Sony fanboy. I, I mean, I, I don't even own a PlayStation right now. So, I, I mean, you're just wrong. But yeah, no, I, I actually agree. Listen, I'd have to say in defense of, uh, of Zemi, who is the co-host of this show and, and of course, uh, Xbox One-on-One, -on -one, um, even if he owned a, a PlayStation 4 or 5, uh, that's his opinion. He, he does not like exclusives because he is concerned about the bigger picture that a lot of us overlook. Uh, some people want the exclusives to use as ammunition against other people in the community. That That's not his um, ideology at all. As a matter of fact, he wants everyone to enjoy a particular game on whatever console you decide. Me, I, I feel differently, but that is what is great about these shows. We can have a conversation without being finger pointy or, of course, being rude to one another. Opinions are like a-holes. Everyone has them, right? So uh, with that said, 
and he is certainly not an a-hole. Joe, you have to talk about the trophy room. You have to talk about Greg Miller. My God, Greg Miller coming in the coming weeks onto that show to sit with you and Kyle, your best friend, to talk about PlayStation, to talk about gaming now and in the future. Tell everyone about the best PlayStation. And I think, I think, I'm going to throw this out there. I think you got to be careful. Got to be careful because I think that Greg Miller agreed to come on because he's spying for kind of funny oh, games. Oh, shoot. How do you like them apples? So don't show him what's behind the curtain because guess what? Yeah. You guys could be out of a job right after he leaves the show. <laughs> be careful. That's true. That's true. He's 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 there to, to spy, take notes. He's going to see that my show notes are almost just like his. He's going to be like, wait, what type of show am I on? And that is the trophy room of PlayStation podcast made by the players. For the players, that premieres each and every Thursday. Also, maybe that person meant to say me instead of Zemi because I'm the PlayStation podcast person. So maybe... Possible. Maybe the guy don't know who's who. <laughs> that said, you can find the latest podcast video version on YouTube over at the Trophy Room over there. You can find the Trophy Room at PlayStation Podcast wherever you find your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify's been blowing up for us. Um, even Google Play exists. I think seven people listen to us on there. Google Play. I don't know what it is, but you guys, some of y'all... Like Luke, click on it. So there you go. Also, last but not least, uh, shout out to Zemi because real talk, Zemi has been the Luke lore of this chat. He's said a lot of dangerous things today, a lot of things that I don't agree with. Apparently, the chat don't agree with. And sometimes you just got to pull out Luke lore. And that's what Zemi did today. And so that's brave of Zemi. It's brave, but don't do it often, Zem. All right. All right. Well, uh, listen, well, uh, obviously, it's always great to work with you, Joe. Obviously, you'll be back tomorrow morning on Breakfast at Boom. Uh, We have a lot to get into tomorrow. Uh, Obviously, I'm working on the topics right now. They're going to be very, very bullet point-esque, so you won't have a lot of reading to do. But we are going to have a lot of opinions on what's coming for tomorrow morning show that's going live at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, Archimedes, uh, you, my friend, are not only an up-and-coming talent, like I say all the time, but you have been really putting in the work. My God, you've been putting out video after video, and quite frankly, you have had some incredible success with double-digit views, 13, 14, maybe even 20 by now. Tell everyone about where they can check out your incredible, growing channel, and where can people reach out to you for a conversation? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks again for having me. And also shout out to Sammy. It's not always easy to have an unpopular opinion and put it out on a podcast. Um, and I think we all should respect that because that what is what makes um, conversations interesting. If we all would agree on everything, uh, conversations would be quite boring. And if someone has a different opinion than you have, uh, that's totally mm-hmm. fine. And it, it makes podcasts interesting. So shout out to Sammy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you can find me and, and my channel at Boxenberger basically everywhere. Uh, on Twitter uh, is probably the best way to talk to me directly. But of course, uh, I highly recommend my YouTube channel. Like you said, um, I was really lucky to see some growth over the last two weeks. I had a, for me personally, record-breaking video with 25,000 clicks. That is uh, still awesome. It was about... Um, Congratulations the, on that, dude. That thank is- you. Big, thank you big deal 
that is it was, it was a huge success i'm still surprised that so many people wanted to hear uh, about vrs tier 2 and what it is uh, on the xbox so yeah um i, I have a it's not a daily news channel or something um i put up about one or two videos per week where i well um talk about certain um topics of the gaming industry and if you're into that kind of content yeah definitely check that out well thanks again for being here brother definitely appreciate it congratulations once again well-deserved success i hope that those twenty-five thousand views uh turn into uh, <clears throat> uh obviously um i started doing and again i you know g getting you know uh spoken to by a couple of people i trust and only tremendous tremendously respect i am doing videos as well and i think that they are on to something i think that people want those uh you know three to five minute uh, quick hits where they can listen to your opinion and potentially then come back over to the big shows uh which is why i'm doing videos weekly and again you you're doing it right obviously you had a couple of live shows which i'd love to see return this year at some point oh, uh, you definitely sure. can count me in for one of uh, one or, or or all of those shows uh we did have ice cold in the chat asking about jeff grubb now listen i don't know jeff yet uh i am attempting to get him on the show I've I, I I don't have his email, so if anyone has his email, let let me know. But I I've DM'd him. He has not gotten back to me, uh, and I was live on his show. I don't even know he if he knows who I am. I doubt it. This show is very small, but I am trying to get Jeff on to this program at one point or another. I'm actually going to be bringing some other guests on throughout the year. Can't really talk about it right now, but I'm working on getting a couple of people to pop by, even if it's only uh, Brad Sam's owes me. Uh, a visit, uh, by the way, because he promised me that when he hits thirty thousand subs, and he has, he's going to be back on the show. So we're going to get we're going to get him on for at least uh, half an hour or so. Um, but um, last and no way least, VJ. Yeah. First of all, thanks again for bringing your exquisite knowledge and vocabulary to each and every show. I'm never bored by what you're talking about because you know what you know the business from both sides of the coin. Tell everyone about what other shows you're on, and more importantly, where can people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social media? Um, less about me, Boom. I'm, I'm, I'm also kind of perturbed at the low-rent comment um, aimed at Zemi. It, it furthers uh, the indictment of, uh, indictment of a, a declining society where, where one is often ridiculed in some quarters, you know, for committing a crime of being or thinking differently. I, I hope I'm not overstepping here. But no, not at all. Oh, no, I appreciate it. I'm sure that, this, this podcast is about opinions that are evolving truths, right? That's what it is, right? And that's what you have to understand. But it's done in a cordial and good-spirited manner. And it's all yes. about evolving yes. critical thinking and, and kicking the ties of another's thoughts respectively uh, respectfully uh, i mean regarding exclusivity sometimes you know when i find myself or, or a group in a dm sort of completely agreeing on a topic or if you prefer on the side of the of of the majority it, it is time to pause and reflect that's what critical thinking is all about and, and now now i'm kind of a little bit sort of uh, riled up and i'd love to offer some logical counter food for thought just to avoid an echo chamber even if it means i go down in you know in flames or or you know with emotion aside i i eventually side with popular opinion but what's the problem with sitting on the fence and i, I you know i'm still 
mulling over a, a simple but elegant solution, right? Potentially a catalyst to illustrate the contrasting and clear divide as to what's on offer from Xbox Game Pass versus versus its opponents and how and how they could poss poss possibly illustrate that and cause a paradigm shift in Xbox's favor. But if you're just going to shut people down. We'll never move forward uh, as a species, but I'm just going to shut the hell up now and just say thanks very much for having me on the show, and Boom. And I hope and I haven't, I haven't, I hope I haven't overstepped the mark. Not, not at all. Your opinion is valued also, on this on this podcast for I, sure. I'd like to apologize for calling Zemi a Luke Lore, and I, I think that was uncalled <laughs> Well, anyway, listen, folks, thank you so much for checking out the show. Uh, real quick, Viper XT blesses me once again with an additional $5 super chat. And what he says that should close out this show, Zemi, stop being a pony. <laughs> anyway, listen, thank you so much for the incredible generosity that comes in each and every show. Uh, again, as a podcaster, uh, at least you should expect nothing but provide the best kind of service. And that, of course, is talking about video games in a positive manner and a fun manner. That is why whoever is a part of the Double Barrel Gaming Network that is um, a regular and who gets invited as a guest are seen as such. Uh, we are here to provide fun entertainment banter, uh, entertaining banter, I should say. And I hope that we did that today. Uh, we, we didn't get the four topics, but again, that big one is, is so heavy in weight that uh, and I think the chat is going to explode Monday evening. Uh, I know, like I said, the, the the DM is on fire as we speak. Um, and uh, listen, thank you so much for ch for checking out this show. Uh, please, if you are new, I, I would kindly request that you subscribe to the channel. Um, obviously, this particular week there's six pieces of new content, uh, four live shows, and two new videos that is a, that is a ridiculous amount of content uh, and i love doing it uh, again it, it, no one's forcing me by gunpoint to do it i love interacting with the community and of course i love talking about gaming and this gives me an opportunity to do both so thank you so much uh, uh we we wish you well we hopefully that you and your family re uh, remain safe and i'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me and one day hopefully it'll be important to you and that's something that my dad taught me when i was real young it made me a better man but more importantly made me a better professional police officer who served new york city for 21 plus years and continues my ideology of community first through uh, of course uh this you know small channel and that's treat others how you want to be treated and also it doesn't cost anything to be nice you live by those rules and i can guarantee you you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of, of course, the Xbox Factor Podcast. Take care, everyone. Hey!